1: Fishing
0: like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your
1: next adventure on Fishing Booker.
0: Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I, yeah, if my math is correct, this is episode 561 of The Working Class Bow Hunter. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, just Kurt here doing the intro for this week. Um, we're in the middle of it right now. It is trade show season for us. We already have Indianapolis showing the books. Iowa Classic just happened. Massive, massive shout out to all you guys that came out and seen us, supported us by buying merch, uh, showed us you were subscribed to the podcast, entered our big giveaway Uh, It it means so much to us. We almost sold out of hats in Iowa. That has never happened. My goal is one day to just sell out of everything. Just like, wow, we don't have to pack anything home. So thank you guys who uh, supported that. We're doing that huge giveaway. Um, if you're going to be at the Ohio Deer Classic coming up next weekend in Columbus, Ohio, or Wisconsin Dells the following weekend, or Peoria, Illinois, at any of those shows coming up over the next four week span, show us you're subscribed or come up and be like, hey, I want to enter that giveaway. Then you subscribe. And what I mean by subscribe is you're hitting the follow button on Spotify. You got the check mark clicked on Apple Podcasts. You have the subscribe button clicked on Google Podcasts. Um, it's free. You get entered for free. We don't ask you to buy anything. Of course, that's always much appreciated. So come out to the shows and see us. Um, And man, I'm telling you, the support has been absolutely insane. And we're so damn thankful for it. I'm trying to think as of news. We are still working on new merch, even though we are in the middle of show season. There's a lot of good guests coming in studio in between the shows, which is a grind. um, Getting home, packing everything and heading out again. Um, But it's fun. And Also, the Turkey OG series is alive and well. We got a couple more weeks of shows coming that I think are kick-ass. We're ending that Turkey OG series this year with a grand finale. Um, And we will probably do that Turkey OG series every year. Um, Let us know if you have recommendations in the comments on those who you'd like to hear for next year. We like to keep them short and sweet to about a four-episode series a year. So it's a lot of fun. I do the least amount of talking because Mark Dury is, uh, you know, longtime friends with a lot of these guys, and I'm the new kid on the block. So uh, the best thing for me to do is probably shut my hole while I'm talking or not talking, I guess, in those series. But I talk when I feel needed. Um, that's really all I got. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's crazy. I'm going to just run through the business real quick. Um, you know, last thing I want to do is wear you guys out, especially some of these automated ads going on. Damn, do I sound good in that my bookie ad, if you heard it. i am getting messages about it already, which is pretty funny because I know nothing about sports betting. Um, so that's a funny little tidbit. Um, yeah, I'm just going to cut through them, man. Shout out to all our partners. Um, very thankful for everybody involved in this, and thankful for you guys for supporting our partners. I know they feel the support from you guys, and that really is what keeps this whole ship going, keeps me in a job, and keeps us chasing our passion. So I know... The sponsor plugs and all that and the promo codes and all that can just get so overwhelming at times and everybody's doing it. But it's just the way of the world of free content. So I know most of you guys get it, but I just feel the need that I have to explain it. And then, you know, I try to do an episode every now and again, like this one, where I just kind of run through them. And then if you want to check them out further on this one, so, you know, and then I, you know, go back and forth. But Elite Archery, of course, big time. Huntworth, Scent Crusher, Old Barn Taxidermy, Loopold Optics, Trophy Line, Spy Point Trail Cameras, Camo Fire, Novix Tree Stands, Thermoseat, Seat, Dialed Archery, Victory Archery, Grizzly, Slick Trick, Pull Back and Let Go, Combination Creative, Black Ovis. Um, yeah, just run through. You know, not everybody gets promoted on, on every episode, but I'm just thankful to work with such like an elite group of companies for the show. And, uh, just can't express how thankful we actually are. So just me in the studio doing this intro. This podcast is crazy. The story's crazy. And we're drinking whiskey like we've never even seen in our life before on this podcast. And uh, it lit us up pretty good. But I think we held it together okay to get the show done. So uh, enjoy it. Thanks for being here.
1: I'm Chase Rolfson with RubLine Marketing.
0: This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi,
1: I'm Taylor Drury from Drury
0: Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Lunt from Fall Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. It is, I think, 561, episode 561 of the Working Class Boner podcast. I just look at our schedule in real time and guessed. Might not actually be that episode, so I apologize if it's not. Whoops. Kurt Geier speaking. Doug Schmidt. Austin Chandler. And special guest, Mr. Andrew Toygo, Mr. Whiskey Connoisseur, <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Pussy Slayer. I guess you could call me that. <laughs> are we you're starting weird. strong? You can't say that. Well, yep. Kaylee? Hey, you're
1: having a kid, so we know you've done it at least once. Three times, yeah. Three kids, docu- pretty, three documented cases.
2: Pretty wow. good.
0: Pretty good odds.
2: Those a pretty good <laughs> odds. <laughs> yep,
1: and I'm about to vaccinate myself
0: after this
2: one. Get it snipped and. And Dude, it's a
0: free-for-all. Bravo. Good for you, man. Yep. A real man gets snipped. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. <laughs> hey, you've never done the podcast before. Nope. But it feels like I had to actually think about it today. I'm like, I think this is going to be his first time on the show. Yep. We've been talking about it for a long time, but haven't got it together. But I'm glad we finally did. Well, I appreciate that you're here. And thank you for being in studio. And thank you for bringing gifts. And you've been a great friend. as You've gifted us whiskey in the past. Um, and we're going to have some fun on this episode. Right. Not only are we going to tell fun hunting stories and unique hunting stories, we're also going to, he brought the mother load. probably get very drunk by the end of this. We're going to indulge. So yep. first of all, explain who the hell you are and then let's explain what the hell's on the table.
2: Andrew Toygo. I'm originally from Minocqua, Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin, grew up hunting big woods, public land up there. And, mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time um, during college hunting more private knock-on-doors type of stuff in western Wisconsin. Ended up in southern Illinois and uh, got into some public there, and that's what I've been doing over the last, I don't know, eight or nine years, but that's how I came across you guys as well. Yeah. Mutual friends and... Decided to bring over a couple samples today. We've got nothing (laughs) under 123 proof. Mm, Everything is high proof, (laughs) but we've got uh, Will and LaRue Weller. What does that mean? Break
0: down what they are like when you talk about them.
2: Okay. That's the
0: big dog, right? Yeah.
2: So this one is a 17-year. It's basically Pappy Van Winkle barrel proof. Okay. Uh, It's a weeded bourbon, uncut, unfiltered, 128 proof. Um, people argue whether Pappy 15 or Pappy 20 year is the best from a drinking standpoint. And this is kind of the sweet spot in between Just in the middle. Oh. yeah. And when you get a bottle of Pappy, they cut that down and they basically blend ba- um barrels together and cut it to a certain proof that is like the release proof. Okay. So with this, you actually get the single barrel. And the proof that it comes out of the barrel at. So each so, bottle is unique. Yep, yep. So yep, each Estimated. one is hand is hand marked and, uh, and unique. So how
0: hard is that bottle to get?
2: Um, now it's extremely hard to get. I think resale price is about sixteen hundred bucks for Ooh, bottle. Oh, son awesome. of a bitch! <laughs> wow.
0: Okay, that's cool. Thank so, you for bringing that. It's exciting. Yeah.
2: So uh, this is kind of the holy grail bottle. This is um, regularly considered bourbon of the year and by oh. different different uh, reviewers. Okay. And then we also have a Elijah Craig private label barrel proof. That's 123 proof as well. This is a uh, more of a rye based bourbon. Okay. So while this one here, the William Lure Weller is going to be more of like a sweet because of the weeded bourbon, mm-hmm. this is going to be a little spicier because it's a more of a rye based bourbon. Oh, okay. That's the one for Doug. Yeah. So I like that one less, (laughs) I'm assuming. Yeah, you're going to taste this one more on the tip of the tongue and this one more on the back of the tongue. Okay, Um, or the throat. Yeah. (laughs) All the way down. (laughs) Yeah, so then uh, we have 124 proof Larceny Barrel Proof, which uh, which is another weeded bourbon like the Weller.
1: Okay, and we so were that's, just talking about this weird. before we started the podcast. I've This Larceny is a really good bourbon, but I haven't had this. Have you had any of one. these, Austin? Yeah, I've had the Larceny and the Elijah Craig, but not at the caliber that these are. Like, I've had the cheap versions of these. Gotcha. So I'm pretty pumped to try these. Okay.
2: Yeah, this is one that, um, so Old Fitzgerald is a bottle that you can get for like, I think a 750 mil is like 13 bucks and a lot of the whiskey guys know that as a really good value and I believe they're discontinuing that but I believe this to be almost the same juice as that just in a fancier bottle.
0: Mm, okay, that's fine. Um,
2: and this is the barrel-proofed version.
0: What's barrel-proofed mean? Barrel-proofed
2: means that it is the the same proof as when they poured it out of the barrel. So they didn't cut it down. It's not bottled. Okay, it's yep, just raw out of the it's barrel. It's just raw out of the barrel. Um as bourbons age, there's something called the angel share, which is the evaporation of the um, alcohol. And so the longer you age a bourbon, typically, depending on where it is in the rickhouse, the more alcohol is going to be lost out of it. So, Damn, we're gonna, learning shit. We're going to learn shit about some hunting and mm-hmm. some whiskeys. Yeah, so you'll get a 20-year bottle of bourbon sometimes that went into the barrel at 160 proof, and now it's 90 or or you know 95 proof or something like that because a lot of that alcohol has been lost. Mm. And along with that, um a lot of just the volume is lost. So the like the Pappy 23s and things like that or Heaven Hill 27s when they go to um to bottle those, they're not getting a full 53 gallons out of there. A lot of times they might only get on a 27 year like 10 gallons. Oh, oh wow. that they, they they've lost a huge um, volume out of the barrel
0: yeah hmm. really Yep. okay
2: yeah and then the last one i brought that we're going to open up today is kind of a special one for me my wife and i got this one at when we were in munich at oktoberfest mm-hmm. and this is a blanton's um, straight from the barrel so it's a something that isn't really available or wasn't for a long time available in the u.s only a european release and uh, when we were over there, we were having to track a few of these down. So this is really tasty
0: stuff. It's well, you're gonna make me feel guilty if we open that bottle.
2: No, no. <laughs> I we've opened. I b- I brought a couple bags. So okay, okay uh, we're, yeah. we're okay. Yeah.
0: No longer feel guilty. Yeah, yet. but this you're, one, my is, wife and I, yeah, got in a fight, almost got divorced, beat the shit out of each other, bled a lot, <laughs> cried a lot. It's our anniversary then, bottle. <laughs> yeah, it's our anniversary <laughs> bottle. Saved our marriage, destroyed yeah. it came back brought it back
2: (laughs) this one is 129.6 proof so this one is why
0: why is it so why is it all going to be so strong yeah
2: that's good bourbon i had a couple that were up in the mid-130s and i decided not to bring those because those are borderline gasoline
0: how many bottles of whiskey you got at home it's 60 or 70 probably that's awesome and how what's the average value a lot more what's the average value per bottle Oh, they
2: they vary. Um, I uh, got rid of a lot of my um, higher end bourbons Wasn't a couple you drank years them? ago. No, I I uh, <laughs> got rid of them. I disposed, I disposed them. of them to people who <laughs> wanted them more than me. And uh, so I don't have like I used to have sets of all the pappies and all that because I travel for work and I stop in liquor stores and whatnot. So um when that stuff was more available on on the shelves I used to pick that up and kind of trade and barter and sell and stuff like that and uh Gotcha. Yeah, so.
0: Very cool. That's interesting yep. stuff. I think we're going to have like intermittent whiskey segments throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um here's the thing. Do we do we sample a whiskey now and then get into some hunting stories? That's what I think we do. Let's let's yeah. have a whiskey while we're on it. Let's do it. Let's get into some very fun hunting stories and then let's uh We'll just go with the flow, man. When we need to taste the next one, we'll taste the next one. And you guys will progressively, Hunting Camp style, hear the stories and the lies and the exaggerations and the shit talking. We'll just taper in. We'll have some fun. Yeah.
2: It will degrade rapidly after we start drinking the real <laughs> For stuff.
0: everyone at home listening, um, most people get it. Our working class guys and gals understand us. They get the show. What's up? We're glad to have you guys. Everyone else that's just a one-off listener sampling We have places to stay at this studio. So when you see us drinking beer and whiskey and having a good time, like at hunting camp, we don't leave this place. We stay the night here. We have bedrooms, we have couches, we have everything we need here. So drink responsibly before anyone wants to shit talk us. And uh, if you made it this far through our show at almost 560 some episodes and you're pissed about the cussing, wake the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. There's other podcasts for you. Um, Tuck your wiener in and fucking let your wife boss you around. Move along. (laughs) Kidding. But also not really kidding that much. Um, Welcome back to the show, everybody else. So, sorry, Andrew. (laughs) Your wife's going to listen to this and be like, geez. No, she's
2: cool with it. She's cool with it. Leave the keys in the basket. That's right. All right. So should we start with?
0: You're our shaman, dude. So you guide us
2: through this I think we start with the bad boy. What's the right move? Your favorite one. I would typically taper up from kind of the least to the fanciest, but oh. I'm kind of afraid that maybe we won't get to the last one. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> let's,
0: uh, I want to try the best of the best, and I want to try the best it. of the best. Okay. By the way, Andrew brought a wooden case with leather handles with glasses in it, and it's very. Um, it's actually really badass, man. I'm I'm quite jealous. I kind of just want to have you on call to just come with me to parties. There we go. We could do that. That'd be cool. You Hire you out. It's like the fancy man come and press oh boy oh my that was a lot oh all right that's what we're doing there's a lot of that's i don't there's a lot of ice ice (laughs) like i don't i was doing like a sip (laughs) there's one ice cube in it (laughs) damn dude okay that's that that, that's good that's good yeah (laughs) thank you
1: i'm from northern wisconsin Uh, dude
0: these glasses are the shit what's up with the glasses they're, they're like oval shaped we are attempting to video this podcast with uh different camera angles here. Oh these are not whoa they're oval. Dude, there's something about... All right, here's the thing. I'm new to the bourbon game. I'm new to the whiskey game. But a lot of hunters that I know are deep into it. Austin, you're into it. Ross is into it. Andrew, I'm in, of course. I'm into it a little bit. This guy's into it. Well, yeah. you were my whiskey guy normally. Yeah. You're now the shaman. But Chase Rawlson, we FaceTimed him before Chase this. Chase stuff. Chase yeah. is a big whiskey guy. These glasses are bad. Be- oh, and it's even got measurements. It smells mm-hmm. awesome. So this is
2: what, again? Smell. So this is the uh, William LaRue Weller. So... Every year this is from Buffalo Trace. Every year Buffalo Trace
0: releases something called their antique collection. Cameron's co producing this episode. Would you like some, Cameron? Are you good? Okay, you sure? I'm good. Okay.
2: Once well, in a lifetime. And part of their antique collection, they release um the William LaRue Weller. And um the there's there's kind of a progression of Wellers. You have your Weller special reserve, your Antique one oh seven, which I gave you guys yes. a bottle mm-hmm. of. And we back drank in the day. it at accident. Um Oops. the willie the the W twelve or the Weller twelve year and then the William the Rue Weller. And like I said before, this is the same bottle or the same barrel as all the Pappy Van Winkles. They just um they just pull it out kind of in between the fifteen and the twenty and they don't cut it down. So okay. it's uncut and unfiltered.
0: So you just sipping this? Yeah, sip it. Yep. Give it a okay. smell. Cheers it's guys nice. cut. Cheers, boys. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Caramel explosion, huh? (laughs) Cheers, buddy. (sighs) Now,
2: your first sip when you're drinking high-proof bourbon is always going to just taste like
0: alcohol. Yeah. The (laughs) next one. Holy smokes, you feel that on your lips. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Dude, I'm gonna be black the fuck out by the end of this. Episode. <laughs> yeah, I
2: didn't expect yep, this the, much. the the finish. Well, you don't have to.
0: Uh, but I gotta say though, I it doesn't. It's it. not shocking. Know. Well, you, he said the first sip tastes like alcohol. Yeah. So talk us through the second sip. Then then so there's the second something called called the Ken, tastes like alcohol. Something
2: called the Kentucky <laughs> Chew that you could do as well. Okay, and that's what um, basically you take it and you almost chew it in your mouth, and that ha- helps it hit all the different sides of your palate. So we're gonna chew it. mellows out i mean it's spicy it's hot because it's it's
0: high up there in octane holy shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man duck can't handle it dude i'm a bitch dude then why is it spicy Holy fuck! <laughs> <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> i've never tasted whiskey like this though like I, you're not catching me just with regular whiskey no. just sloshing it in my mouth
2: well Whew. one thing about bourbon too is that in order for it to be considered bourbon it has to be Aged in a new uh, charred American oak barrel, American white oak barrel. So it by just because it's a new barrel and it's a strong char, you're going to get a lot of that strong flavor from it too. And the longer it ages, the more wood and everything it has in there. So yeah, it's strong. You're just getting all those tannins and everything.
0: Yeah. You know, Man, that's classy though. Oh, it's oh, yeah. good stuff. I, feel... I probably
2: went a little stiff on the pores for the first one. So. <laughs> So don't feel like you have
1: it's to a drink a uh, We can all, yeah, it'll, yeah. Just take your time and enjoy it. Exactly.
0: That that one's too nice to not enjoy. There's it. something like gentleman-ish. Are you sure you don't want one, Cameron? I'm good. He's good. Okay, we need to get you like a little mic here, like the Jamie in the background. Cameron's running the live switcher here. We're kind of experimenting with different camera angles. We're still kind of like, constantly feeling that out a little bit. Um, adding some GoPros in the studio because our stu- our studio is not just like a one angle type of podcast you know we have a table so oh i probably shouldn't drink my beer I, i'll ruin it No, oh, you're fine
1: we do have some water here too you want me to give pass some waters out case a guy wants to yeah clean his like palate that's classy yeah. whatever
0: well i appreciate if the- i clean my palate is it gonna kick me in the mouth again <laughs> no
2: so the other thing to know about bourbon is that <laughs> bourbon is american it's not like i know a lot of people want it to be pretentious and the bottles are expensive and whatnot but yeah this isn't like uh like port wine or something like that you know it's an american you know pride down product. home type of a thing from kentucky yeah it's it's you know distilled and aged by people that aren't uh pretentious people so right right um they okay. would want us to be drinking this bourbon in just the same way that's a good point. so it doesn't matter i mean people would be offended if you took some people, if you took any of these and mixed them with Diet Coke. But if that's how you want to know your bourbon, drink your bourbon that
0: way. You're still me. buying it and supporting it. Yeah, I'm sure if you ask the people that sold it to you, they don't give it yeah. shit. No, no. That's a good not. point. That it's, is fun. It's it's, a, it's working class grit right there, man. It yeah. is. Yeah, bourbon is
2: more about the, uh, the experience than it is about... It makes me want you know, to call my father-in-law
0: experience. and just be like, dude, you got to get over here right now and sample some of these just to try them. I know. I feel like we need to be in a cabin somewhere right the, now. This
1: is cool. Hey, we can do it again.
2: Speaking of father-in-laws... When I first met my wife and she brought me over for Christmas, um, my father-in-law, I thought I would impress him by bringing a bottle of Pappy 10-year and that a friend had, or no, Pappy 12-year that a friend had given me. Back when Pappy, you could find on the shelves. And I brought it over. as a half a bottle left. And uh, we get to, you know, pouring little glasses like this and drinking it. And then I left and came back and he had mixed like three quarters of the rest of it with Diet Coke. Oh, But hey, if that's what he wanted to do on
0: Christmas... And he enjoyed it. That's, that's the uh, way it goes. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I guess it's kind of <laughs> weird to tell another man how he should drink his whiskey. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Next this is in. awesome, man. This is actually really fun. We've never done anything like this, so this is one to remember or forget. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there. see how it goes. So, dude, we've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time. You just happen to bring some great treats for this episode. And um, we our schedule's backed up, and we've meant to do this episode sooner, but you travel west to do different hunts and i'm just cutting right into the hunting mm-hmm. stories now and uh man just let's just break down what you did and let's just go through it because yeah. i don't you went to tell me the whole story and i'm like nope i don't even want to know yeah. until we're in the studio and i can hear it authentically for the first time in detail so andrew went out west to go kill an elk yep there you go well
2: so we're in a kind of a unique uh, part of our lives right now, my wife and I, where I travel a lot for work, um, but when I kind of have down times for the year, I can work from home and kind of do my own thing. So, um, and we have young kids, so we have kids that you know three, two, and a pregnant wife. Um, we don't have to have kids in school or sports and stuff like that. So we thought, why don't we take the tax return and um, go and get a condo out in Colorado for September and. Kids can enjoy the the nice weather and do hikes and biking and trout fishing and all that stuff. And um, you know, we can just kind of enjoy the mountain life and see maybe if we want to move out there eventually, or yeah, um, see the leaves change and all that. Well. Part of that also was elk hunting and fly fishing and and all that. So I like it. Um, I sneak out for a yeah. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I so we did it last year um, for six weeks, and I brought the whole the whole home office, um, two big screens, the laptop, desk, the whole works, and uh, and spent the first two weeks on vacation, just no work at all. I went out to uh, Wyoming with my dad, shot some antelope um enjoyed that and part of that i had gone up with a buddy and checked out a new spot and helped him um try to try to get milk. elk while we were up there we saw a lot of bears so mm-hmm. i kind of got the in idea. wyoming no this is this is colorado, this oh, colorado. Is back in colorado but
0: still even see a lot of bears
2: we saw some big color phase bears and there, there were some good sized bears so Aren't i they thought cool, man big color phase bears oh, are badass
0: they're they're beautiful
2: so I got in my mind, I better come back out here next year and, and um, get a bear tag. So um, opening day of season this year, it was September 3rd, like 95 degrees. Um, I'm driving out there and I'm like, you know, I've got a bear rifle tag. I've got an elk bow, bow tag. I don't, I've got to go, you know, 1200 feet elevation up a couple miles I'm a big guy. Um, I'm kind of hemming and hawing. I'm out of shape. I didn't get in shape like I usually do. Yeah. Um, I decided last minute. You know what? I'm going to bring the bow and the rifle. So, because um, it's just going to be my luck that I get up there and a big six by six is going to walk past me. And I don't have the bow, but have twelve going,
0: yards, <laughs> I was
2: going up for bear. So I I start to walk up and run across some guys we had met the year before um, that were had been out there bear hunting as well. And I said hi to them and kept going up. And I went straight up towards the top. It was still dark when I got up there. Kind of glassed around and stuff when sun came up, thinking they were going to be bears all over the place like there were the year before. No bears at all. But I heard some crashing behind me. And it's kind of a a tall ridge with a bunch of spines coming down and drainages. And I was on one of the spines. And there's a bike path and like hiking trail on on the other spine on the other side of the drainage from me. Somebody had not been, some hippie had been out there hiking or something like that and kicked out up there a, a whole herd. You would you would be amazed at where you find these people. Like Dude, way in
0: the back. You can't get away from them <laughs> no. almost. No. Yeah. So, 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 somebody wants to smoke weed in Colorado, they go to the depths <laughs> to smoke the worry. And they weed. go
2: out like opening day of big game season <laughs> yeah. and they go for a stroll. They're like, what are all these people out here doing in Place Orange? It's probably by design. Yeah. So, um, so all of a sudden, first thing I see of the, of the trip is a big six by six with like 15 cows come barreling off this ridge. And I quickly pulled out my on and I'm like, I know exactly where they're going. I'm looking at the topos and there's a saddle over there. Mm-hmm. So I just start booking it. I got, you know, my, my pack frame or my, my backpack. I got my rifle, my bow and everything. I'm just booking it up, trying to get to them. And I was too slow. They made it through the air. I could smell them. And had they had just come through, Ah. you could smell the elk. Yeah. And, uh,
0: which is something I didn't realize. Oh yeah. It was like you smell when they were in there. It's like a
2: sweet smell almost after it's, it's a very distinct smell. Such Mm
1: -hmm. a great smell too. When you're looking for them and you smell like, Oh, here we go. A lot of times,
2: especially if you're in like thick stuff, you'll smell them before you see them or hear them. Mm -hmm. You'll know like, Oh, that they're elk here. Yeah. Um, and then I could see where they had kind of, you know, rustled up the, the sand and whatnot. So I knew I'd missed them, but they were going to this burn that was on the backside of this. And I would have had to go up like another 800 feet elevation to get over. And so I kind of slowly made my way through and I was almost elk hunting at that point then Um, and didn't come into any more elk. But I started to loop back through because in the afternoon, in the evening, I wanted to be in a position that I could glass these uh, drainages. There were like three drainages I could glass from this one rock outcropping. Mm Mm-hmm. So I made my way back through, and I kind of camped out over a water hole for a little bit during the day. Like I said, it was 95 degrees, thinking that something would come up the water hole, maybe a bear, nothing. So I get out on this drainage, or on this rock outcropping, and maybe it's like 1 o'clock or so, and I'm trying to stay in the shade because it's pretty exposed face out there. And so I'm in the shade of this big rock, and it's... Twenty feet across and ten feet deep, and there's like a ledge, like a five foot ledge, all the way around the outside of it. It's almost like a stage overlooking this big valley, like all. rim rock kind of. Yeah, my phone, I left my phone over there, but yeah, I, I have photos of the where everything went down. But yeah, it's like a, it almost looks like a, a loaf of sourdough bread with like a plate underneath it, okay. and and so you can walk around the plate from on three sides and and essentially i started on the right hand side of this rock and as the sun from like one o'clock to three o'clock or noon to three o'clock came up over i moved with the shade Mm -hmm. just stayed in the shade and i got to the other side and it was you know like two 15, And I like kind of dozed off. I didn't see anything. It was hot.
0: And- yeah. The classic elk hunting midday. Now midday oh, yeah. nap. I'm
2: familiar with that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm enjoying, I'm just like finally letting go from work mm-hmm. from the last, you know, year of chaos and everything. And finally unwinding and just watching the red tail hawks and everything go around. And I took a little nap and woke up about a half hour later and, um, you know, put my eye back to my spotter and started looking around and, um, about a minute after that, so I'm sitting on the ground with my back to the rock and from me to maybe the other side of Doug's shoulder, like no more than about four feet. Um, this mountain lion comes around the corner and it's on like the front rim of like that plate that I was describing almost. Yeah. It comes around the corner and it may, I make eye contact <laughs> with it. It makes eye contact with me and we both have this holy shit moment
1: together together at four or five feet
2: four feet yeah so i had a glock 20 10 millimeter on my on my hip with the uh buffalo bore 230 grain solid cast for when i go like fly fishing in sicko Bearnoff off island there's bears everywhere yep so i had that and i i brought it up more or less just for moose really because every time i go up there i see moose um, or maybe if I got into like a wounded bear mm-hmm. you know, after yeah. I shot it and something that was tight quarters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, freak situation it. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever did I expect to. You don't even, you never see a mountain lion. You see their tracks every once in a while. You never see them, much less face to face with them. Four feet, yeah. Yeah. And if you do, people, you know, they usually just look at you and walk off from what, what I've heard. But this thing was so close so fast. It didn't know I was there and I didn't know it was there. That it was this uh, fight or flight moment at that point for both of us and and it couldn't turn its back to me and I couldn't turn my back to it where my rifle was on my other side. So I just pulled the pistol out and put it in its face. Well guns out in its face it's only about a foot away from its face at this point. It's got its ears tucked back it's hissing at me. Um, I start waving my left hand and screaming ah <gasps> yelling at it trying to scare it off and it swipes at me once this real quick swipe and then it hisses again and lunges just like just like a fast lunge and from the moment this is like a 10 second thing from the moment total. total from the moment that it's i'm trained center of its face to the moment that i was able to pull the trigger it had covered enough ground that i caught it at the base of the neck it had come up and at me so fast. I caught it at the base of its neck, and that bullet traveled like almost all the way, basically all the way through its body and out its hind end. Wow. It, it rolled off the back of the cliff that I was on, about 15, 20 feet down, and just disappeared. So at that point, I had no idea whether this thing was, if I hit it, if I didn't, if it was injured, or if it was looping back around. Yeah. So I uh, So I backed out, and I'm doing 360s the whole way with my pistol out trying to make sure this thing isn't looping back around at me.
0: Yeah. And like I to got, jump on your back or something. Yeah. Crazy.
2: So I got down to a, to a flat spot where I could see like a hundred yards in any direction and I'm just spinning. And I called, uh, this is granted, um, not far from some pretty famous, uh, travel or like, um, tourist spots in this area. And I could see the downtown area of the ski town from where I was. So I got cell service. I'm like, you know, I almost shit my pants. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, was yeah. going to no. ask, ask how greasy your pants <laughs> yeah. were. Fuck.
0: But, but, uh. The old Fred Eichler saying, you couldn't get a greasy baby in my ass with a hammer.
2: <laughs> but, um, I called my wife and I'm like, you know, slurring my words, like stuttering. Like, I, I just almost got attacked by a honey. Did you lion. drink the
0: Pappy Van Winkle? Yeah. Did, you, did you bring that Pappy with you? Yeah.
2: So I, um, I, I called her and I said, you got to call the DNR. I'm from northern Wisconsin. I'm going like, to call the DNR. So uh, she calls and they're like, what does DNR mean? Do not resuscitate. We don't know what DNR <laughs> is. And they're like, do you need CPW? And my wife texts me back, CPW, question mark? Yes, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So um, I, call, I, mean, I called it in right away. They, um, the CPW officer called me back and he said, well, is it dead? I don't know. He said, you should go up and, and see if it's dead. And if it, if it is, bring it back. So I went back up there very slowly. Yeah, and um,
0: like no bitch, you come out.
2: And <laughs> I thought they were going to say like, stop there. We're going to come to you. That's what I
0: would think. Too, and they're yeah.
2: like, nah, bring it in, and we'll put it in the freezer. <laughs> you go. So, so they they said that um, that the mountain lion meat is the best meat on the mountain. It's very good. They said it tastes like a real fine pork. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Something yeah, so, it's a white. Um, at that point, I was all excited. I'm like, oh, I, I get to try this stuff now. Yeah. Well, so I went back up there, um, found the cat, climbed down, loaded it on my- How mid- far
0: did the lion, like how hard did you have to look? Or like, What was that?
2: It just rolled right off the rock and flopped down into the rocks below like 15, 20 feet. So I had to climb down the rocks. And um, I don't I don't really know which way it came up to me. It, It either came around one side and at which point it would have stepped over my bow which mm. I think is probably unlikely. Um, or it came from the rocks below and jumped up. And just and, ran into me. And you. came yeah. around the corner to sit in the shade and um, and ran into me. So I went down there, loaded on, on my pack. It was way heavier than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's just kind of dead weight at that point. There's no rigor mortis or anything. And they don't have big long bones like an ungulate you know like yeah. a, like a deer or they're an elk. very flexible yeah they're just limp they're they're very flexible so i got it loaded on climbed climbed back up got my bow my other gear got it together and started heading down when i got about halfway down i ran into the bear hunters that i seen that morning they're like hey man congrats we heard your shot you got one right i said well not quite i turned my back and they saw the cat, and holy shit! So then they had to come and see it. <laughs> yeah, um, tails dragging on the ground the whole way. Um, got down to the truck, and the guy said, "You know, you're not gonna be able." The CPW officer said, "You're not gonna be able to keep it, but bring it in. We're gonna donate the meat to a local family." So, um, so I don't know, buy that. Gut it. I know, I know. So, so gut it out. So before I gutted it out, though. I really wanted to get some pictures of it because they're telling me I can't keep anything. So, like I said, this is on a like a dead end road, and there's a tourist destination on the end of this dead end road, and I'm only parked maybe 200 yards from the parking area of this tourist destination, and they let people in every two hours. So I'm uh I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to track anyone down to get a photo of this. And uh, it's getting dark, so all of a sudden I see headlights coming down the down the road, and you know, starting to kind of get dusky out. So this is this is the the funniest part of this whole story. Um, I try to flag these people down, and granted, I'm a 270 pound man in full camo with a pistol on my hip covered in and blood covered hands <laughs> on a gravel road in the middle of nowhere and you, reek, you so, reek like bourbon and i'm sta- <laughs> and, I, and i'm standing in the middle of the road trying to flag these people down so i get them to stop they're in like a hyundai sonata oh boy and it's it's two um it's two men Hackney you know, sacks on the dash they were like they were like 70 year old men in the front and two like 70 year old women in the back and uh i said hey i know this looks really weird but i just got attacked by a mountain lion i had to shoot it can you take a picture of me with this thing and the wives in the back are like no go drive they think i'm going to like axe murder them right, right? Yeah, like, yeah. down this this road
0: yeah so. gabby Petito style yeah exactly so um the guys looked me. at me like
2: you know questioning the whole scenario and then i went over and picked up the cat who, yeah who wouldn't and they jumped out of the car they're like holy shit this is awesome and they jumped out and they took pictures <laughs> oh, the wives awesome. would knock it out of the car they would oh, not get yeah, it
0: no, yeah. They're they're, like, they're
2: still they think it's like a fake cat or something like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're just plotting them it's, up a yeah, a it's a prop. It's a prop. Get back yeah. in the It's, a, car. it's so. your it's your pet cat playing dead until they get out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. yeah, I mean no one really believed that. That's that's fairly
2: unbelievable. Yeah, and it was uh it was very surreal because you know, I've spent a decent amount of time in the western woods um you know, in areas that have cats. I grew up in an area where it was more common to see wolves and deer mm-hmm. um and bears and like i remember my springer spaniel like you know chasing um bears in the backyard growing up and stuff like that Treeing <laughs> bears and um so like you know predators just seem like something that is out there but it's just not anything to worry about yeah for sure um, and certainly mountain lions they're so elusive yeah. I talked to the um, police officer that met me at the CPW office and uh, he said, you know, I've been here my whole life. I've never seen one. So uh, then, so I, I dropped the cat off in the
1: freezer there. That's and, crazy. dude. Yeah. How fortunate were you to have that sidearm on your side? My God.
2: And to have it on my right side right there. And you know, there's no point in having a backpack. I found out cause this shit happens so fast. Yeah. You have it in a backpack. It's useless. Yeah, you're fucked anyway. Yeah, yeah. Give me
0: that. <laughs> Hold on, fight fair, bitch. I know, I know you're pissed. You <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I was not fighting fair. I was fighting dirty.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh my! You got attacked by a mountain lion, dude. You got attacked by a mountain lion. <coughs> now the difference sorry. in like getting hurt attacked is you didn't have that gun. Yeah. What if you were still sleeping? Yeah. Well, that was one. Just thing walked that- over you. You never would have known it. Maybe. Maybe not. <coughs> I'm sorry. Bourbon too strong, no, <laughs> he's not used to it, <laughs> yeah, man,
2: who brought this stuff? I
0: keep trying to sip it, and it's like um, I'm just not used to it like i I appreciate it, yeah. but it's uh that's a lot. it makes yeah. my face hot, it's strong it makes yeah it, it's it'll make everybody's face hot. It makes You're my not, tummy warm not
2: unique, but um yeah the uh the the whole scenario was pretty surreal, and um yeah, I wonder if if I had been sleeping, what would have happened? So what if I just took a nap with you? It would have licked your face, dude. <laughs> you, just wake up, you, you wake up. wake up. He's spooning map. with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of wish that maybe I'd gotten a little uh, nibble on the toe or something like that. As a, a scratch or something? I don't think I would wish that. Yeah, no. as, as a uh, What, are like, as the a 3 th- with
1: the call marks on your face? Like, yeah, oh, there there you <laughs> yeah, I just try to put myself in that situation. Like, you were a lot more patient than I would have been. I, as soon as I would have got my gun drawn, I would have capped that thing. There's no way in hell I would have been waving <laughs> my hands or trying pissed, to say anything. I would have
0: pistol-whipped it oh. first. Yeah, <laughs> I think, though— I, I mean you I don't know if you can attest to this in my head cuz I always think about like if you got caught in a freak deal you think you would act a certain way but I think like you act as rationally as possible until your body's like yep no more this is ending so instincts yeah. take over yeah I like, that, my body would already been at yeah no more
1: It was
2: very instinctual when it happened it was
1: just like okay
0: well,
2: it was only it's ten fun. seconds.
0: You said it Pull wasn't like it, it was
1: a minute. It
2: was a very like calm, instinctual thing when it was happening. It was afterwards when I realized kind of what just happened that it's almost like your body's way of of protecting you and allowing you to yeah. take care of shit when you need to take care yeah. of shit. Um, but it was funny after I made that post on Instagram about it that night. I got some people messaging me, you know, saying you should have just you know let it go, or why did you have to shoot it, and all that. I'm like, well.
0: It was four feet away, and it was. Well, we've all seen the videos like, like coming out now of guys. Yeah. Like, there's a video of one dude missing one, while it's like yeah. lunging at him. Like I mean, dozens of people have sent that to me.
2: Yeah, it it, it makes the hair on my arm stand up a little it bit. After it makes hair stand up. PTSD.
0: Just listening yeah. to the story, I've yeah. never been attacked by mountain lion, but I've shot one, and so I've kind mm-hmm. of seen one up close. And it's like when we treat it, and we got up underneath it, uh Brandon one of Trey's buddies, which I consider my buddy now, awesome dude. He goes, he looks at me, and he goes. Brandon's so calm and everything he does. He's just a Western, wild, feral dude, you know, and he's just like, isn't that crazy? (laughs) How many times do you think you're out here and you walk under one of them and never know it? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, fuck. I I never thought about it. Probably often. There's a lot of cats in Wyoming, you know,
2: and apparently in Colorado as well. And you see videos of these things now when you look on YouTube, they'll grab like a, you know, 50, 60 pound fawn. Right up the tree. And just jump. 10 15 feet up the tree with it yeah in uh in like the early 2000s there was a boy that went hiking with his family in rocky mountain national park over past park got out ahead of his family a little bit 10 years old and a mountain lion just grabbed him and ate him for real died in rocky mountain national park where wow like
0: hundreds of thousands maybe millions of people go every year it's it's crazy dude you just it's get scary. one that's de- desperate, enough, yeah. or hungry enough, or horny enough that it's just yeah. like, or get get well, them in the wrong
1: situation, like yep. what you got into, where they don't even know you're there until you're five foot from them. Well, well that it crazy. sounds funny.
0: Like I don't, like I kind of kidding when I see like horny in a bug. That's like when grizzly country. Like Trey is telling me, a lot of the bears, they're not big old boars that are the ones that attack people, or kill people. It's like the juvenile boars yeah. that are get kicked off every kill. Buy a bigger boar Mm -hmm. or a sow or whatever. They're horny because they're juveniles, and we all know, like that two-year-old rutting buck. And then their vision's bad, so they're chargey, rammy, emotional, and what they like almost accidentally get you. Mm -hmm. Like they they just see you and try to eliminate you. And then yeah, it's like I always hear that old saying: like if a who was telling me this, if a black bear, it's unlikely that a black bear attacks you. But if a black bear commits to attack you, it kills you and eats you. Yes. But a grizzly bear is more likely to attack you. But if it attacks you, it eliminates you and doesn't eat you. It just mauls you and leaves you. Yeah. It and, just
2: eliminates and, you. And it doesn't matter if they're an old mature one or a young one. They're all big enough to fuck us up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let's yeah. be honest. They're all big enough to kill us.
0: Yeah. Oh. To, so hold your house cat down when you get home. Hold that well, bitch down and don't get scratched.
2: Well that's what the that's what the officer actually told me. He said, So what ends up happening with situations like that when it's a head on, a lot of times they kill from behind and they'll grab, you know, by the back of the neck and take you down. But Ugh. when it's a head on thing like that, what they do is they sink their claws in the top of your shoulder. If you ever picked up a house cat, where they hike up their hind legs and just scratch the shit out of you, rip your guts. What out they you. do is they hike up their hind legs and they just shred down with all that force, oh, dude. and they just disembowel
0: you like boom, and just your like guts a, are hanging. Bite the back of my so, neck, please, and put me out, and I won't even. get yeah, so like a you're laying finisher.
2: Yeah, so you're laying up East. there with your guts spread out on the rocks, and you know I don't know a seventy pound cat. I'm a big guy. Maybe I could slam its head against the rocks or choke it out, dude. But that thing would mess me up, dude. There's
0: no. I, I, I,
2: it would be. It would be a hell of a fight on a five foot edge of oh. the cliff. You know, it's no way, dude. I, I your eyes would be gouged out. You're it a would strong be dude and
0: you're a tough it would be man. Brutal, but a seventy pound cat, yeah. Yeah. A, a mountain lion. No way. Like being Those around one. Legs? I skinned a mountain lion, right? Like mm-hmm. I've seen their muscles. They're just muscle. And even a fifty pound cat, like. I have a 10 pound house cat, and I'll play with my house cat, you know, with your arm, and you, they get your their hand with their front paws, and they do that <laughs> ch- 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 scratch of their back legs. Okay, now amplify that by seven. Yeah. 70 pound cat. With claws that are that long. Okay, now take it a step further. Like, you get a, a full, you get a good mature cat, like 110 to 125 pound cat. Mm-hmm. For sure, fucking you up. Oh, yeah. A 120 pound dog will get you. Oh, yeah. A yeah. 125-pound cat will get you, rip you open, claw you, bite you, scratch you. Now take a beast of a lion. Take a 170-pound monster or bigger mountain lion. You're screwed. Yeah, that's the they'll apex take, predator right They'll there. take
2: down 750-pound elk. Oh, yeah. oh elk. Dude,
0: when I killed my lion, Trey's like, dude, you just saved, like, 50-something deer, and I don't know, he gave me, like, the rough... At the time, the stat is like, That's crazy. you just saved a lot of animals. Yeah. It's like they kill like a deer a week, I think. Yeah. So then, so, so. When I
2: started hiking back up the next day with the CPW officer, he starts to rattle off all Oh, he did go back with you. Yeah, they had to to go back up there with me to do an investigation. So then they start rattling off all the statistics and all that. He's (laughs) like, so I said, how often does this happen? He said, well, you know, um, about one a year, one or two a year in the state of Colorado do we get where somebody actually legitimately has to shoot a mountain lion. So, um, as we're walking up, he also tells me about 50% of these cases end up in some sort of citation. So I'm thinking, oh, so I'm walking up here to get a citation. He's like, but I do really appreciate you calling it in because most of the time when this happens, people just, you know, stuff them in a rock somewhere and go on with their hunt. But, um, we hiked this, (laughs) I hiked this guy back up there. It was, um, 1100 feet elevation a mile and a half in it was hot you know we're trudging up there um other guys are hunting so we're going in the middle of the day trying not to ruin their hunt got up there and i kind of reenacted what happened originally and then he tells me well i need to go stand back over here and i gotta do some stuff so he starts taking photos and he finds my shell casing and he sees the blood splatter and he's taking measurements of where the you know where it was and all that and He comes back to me after about, I don't know, 10 minutes of of going over it all and says, well, I got to tell you, I wouldn't have waited so long to shoot it. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So he said, said, yeah, you probably, it was was too close. I would have shot it a lot sooner than you did. Because I told him I was trying to scare it off and everything. That's what I'm saying,
1: man. I'd have been yanking that trigger. Yeah.
2: It it. It seemed surreal. It almost seemed like I did have a moment in that 10 seconds, like, I feel like I should be shooting this thing, but am I doing the right thing
1: right now? Well, you've heard all the horror stories. I'm going to do the paperwork and everything, and, you know, you want to do the right thing. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and the last thing I want to do is, is, you know, be some sort of offender, you know, game offender or something like that, so... Um, Pussy I wanted, Slayer, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or the Lion King is what my boss calls yeah, me. The uh, Lion King. Uh, yeah, I, I but, like Pussy Slayer yeah. better. If you want to know the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, I don't know. It was a. It was a pretty. Uh, I went back up there if you like two weeks later, and I was definitely more wary. Yeah. I was definitely uh, looking over my shoulder more and and aware, <laughs> but but it was funny. So, the CPW officer pulls me over. He's like. I, I want to explain to you probably what happened. So he said, if you look in this spot here in the shade, um, it's kind of, there's like a waxy film over this, a rock here. And he said, and if you look over here, there's some, you know, mountain lion scat here and here and here, and there's a mule deer jawbone over there. Um, He said, likely this cat or maybe multiple cats comes up here every day or every other day or frequently to do the same thing you were doing, to sit in the shade and look for something to eat and that waxy area that you were sitting on was probably the sweat from the cat over years and years and years like so i was basically (laughs) sitting in this on this thing's couch when it came home and and it came home it's like oh shit there's somebody in my house and it was a standoff so hey that is so crazy it's freak, one of those freak things that yeah, happened. No,
0: Rare timing, but yeah. also rad story. Yeah, yeah. I and I'm glad you... you're still alive to tell it.
2: Yeah, I wish I had popped a, you know, a claw out or something like that,
0: but... You it know. sucks that, like, even though I like, deemed, like, you did everything right, called it in, went mm-hmm. up there with them, explained it, they measured it, they gave you the credit of, like, yeah, dude, you're good. I wish in that instance they could be like, all right, man, you can have the hide. Yeah. But I... People would probably abuse it and then fabricate like evidence, maybe to get. Yeah, yeah, true. He
2: he said that you would be shocked at how many people claim self-defense and then they find the bear and it has a thirty out six-round broadside, and they ask, well, where were you standing and where did you shoot it and all this?" And that's where that fifty percent comes in. A lot of people just see a cat and shoot it thinking it's just going to run across the valley and, and murder them. Yeah. Um, or people, you know, see a black bear, you know, a hundred, 150 yards away and think, I don't have a tag, but it would be really cool to have this thing. I'll shoot it and claim self-defense, you know, I've South Park. It's it's heading right for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, straight it's,
2: it's <laughs> for us. <laughs> it's heading right for us. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So he said that uh, that happens a lot more frequently. <laughs> you right would think. So they no longer allow people to keep them. I get which that makes sense.
0: Brandon yeah. uh, told me a black bear, a sow black bear, charged him and a bow hunter. Um, didn't think she was going to charge, but she did. She committed. Oh boy! And I think the hunter, because he was a guide. Oh man, I I would love to have him on to tell the story. I, I remember I,
1: he told so it in fast. Bear
0: Camp once, but he also told it uh, when I was out there for, to kill my mule deer. He told me again. Um, I don't know if they shot it with a bow or a gun. I want to say they hit it with a bow, something like that. And it like it, it was it was reacting, and the dude hit it with a bow, and then it like anyway they had to call conservation officer. I think the guy actually had. Oh, son of a bitch. I can't remember. I think the guy had a bear tag during elk season, which there's a spring and fall bear season. But I can't remember if it was during bear season. or not. But either way, the CPOs or whatever they are in Wyoming confiscated the bear. But they basically gave the credit. Like, no, you guys were fine. Like, it was indeed like self-defense or whatever you want to call it. But I think they confiscated the bear anyway Hmm. because of the situation, it sounds like. In Colorado, if you ha- if
2: I had a mountain lion tag and that had happened to me, I can keep it. Um, even if it was you know not a approved firearm or something for that take, I- they allow you to keep it. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. So, um, but if you have a tag, but I did not have a tag for mountain. Lion, hmm. So,
0: well, what a unique fucking circumstance, man! Dude. How yeah, crazy! It, what it, a wild i mean what are the chances
2: yeah i know and i'm the type of guy who likes to hunt solo a lot of times so that kind of especially in my wife's eyes but that, but a little bit of my eyes it makes me think a little bit more about going out west solo and doing some of those hunts luckily this one was uh close um you know but a lot of times um, we all are further out in the middle of nowhere.
1: most times and no yeah. service for a long time Yeah, exactly okay. I'm never elk hunting without my Glock again after hearing that. You know what's funny, dude? When I was elk hunting,
0: I had my Glock on me, and I was like, oh, well, I thought I was going to be in grizzly country, so I bought a 10-millimeter Glock, Mm. and I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to carry it, and then we didn't end up going. We were just out of grizzly country, or what perceived to be normal grizzly country, right? There could still be grizzlies, and I put it in my pack because I was annoyed by it, and you just got to get a really comfortable holster. Yep, that's the key. I got a good one. Holster. I got a good marsupial one that goes on. But what was happening, and maybe I didn't have it hooked up right, but, like, my gun was so heavy with those buffalo bores mm-hmm. that it kept unsnapping the button, mm-hmm. and then my gun would hang. Yeah. So, um, and I did the same thing when I went, uh, when I killed my bull, Franco. I had my pistol. And Franco's always got a pistol on him, too, but he's got a different style. And I'm like, hey, should I rock my pistol? He's like... No, nah, just put it in your pack. If something gets us and I can't get mine out, um, we're fucked anyway. I'm like, all right, right. Yeah, and bad. you don't you don't have to carry a full
1: 15
2: plus one. Even just run like nine rounds or something like that. There's no way you're gonna get 16 rounds off for something too. If you, I'd be <laughs> spilling them out. I think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it, a heavy gun though when you it have is. that bitch loaded down. It is, it is. I used to carry forty four mag, like a Model six twenty nine and That's a big boy. That's a that's, that's a man's gun. Yeah, that's even heavier. That's <laughs> one of those things where when you carry it, like you said, you you almost don't even use leave it at because it's so heavy. So Yeah. yeah.
0: I should yeah. probably bring a pistol with me to Wyoming, huh? Yeah, it's that a bad thing to have on you, man? I was I mean, out there last year. Just a nine mm will take a cat. I mean it's yeah. Not,
2: you don't need anything crazy. I, The the moose are more dangerous than the bears.
0: Moose scare you
2: know? me. Oh, yeah, because they're stupid and they're blind and they, they trample stuff. them you know, pretty yeah, easy.
0: Absolutely. Do you have a pistol, Doug, you take out there when you go? I don't. I'll lend you one. I just, you know, one with nature,
2: you know. I think they just leave me alone. <laughs> if you do something stupid with it, just shave the serial number off. Throw it in the river. Throws <laughs> it
1: in a boating accident. It needs a high point, <laughs>
0: dude. I have a high point. I'll let you borrow my high point. All right, I got the a high point. You can just
2: pistol. melt the serial number off with a big lighter, dude.
0: I have a, it's my first pistol ever. I got a nine millimeter high point, and the thing's badass. Nice. It's still got the numbers on it. Still currently, <laughs> not for long. Oh. I haven't need to use it yet. <laughs> I haven't had to kill anybody yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's such a Section Eight gun. It's just like
2: <laughs> this studio is protected by High
0: Point, <laughs> yeah. dude. Actually, like I heard the dudes that like own High Point or for High Point are like really good dudes, dude. I will tell you this: it's a gun, though. Like it's cool. people yeah. can make fun of it for the price. I've shot the shit out of it. Have I ever cleaned it? Nope. Has it ever jammed on me? Nope. It's an impressive oh, Steve ammo. Stevie Mo was shitting on me about my High Point. And I pulled it out. I'm like, all right, feel this bitch. And he's like, I'm not going to lie. Like, pretty impressive, actually. The demo.
2: Like, have you ever watched Demolition Ranch on YouTube? Uh-uh. That guy always oh, got millions of followers. But he does all sorts of stuff with high points. Really? Where he'll, like, stuff them with expanding insulation and fire them. Or he'll, like, <laughs> just, like, stuff different things inside of them. Or, like, freeze them and then fire them and stuff. And these things just keep running.
0: Definitely. Dude, it's like a $150 pistol. Oh, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Nice. Disposable.
0: Cool. They're made to throw in
2: rivers. God bless America. <laughs> they are. The river gun. They're made to throw in rivers. Yeah. Absolutely. They're cool. But they have like they're a, probably biodegradable, too. They, they're pro- ha, at, least ha, <laughs> they're at, at least half, half of They're made yeah. to be thrown in the river. Yeah.
1: Environmentally friendly. Yeah. Fish made, friendly. they made
2: out of that same stuff that they make it's the like little a uh, sea turtle straws yeah. out of. Yeah. They turn into <laughs>
0: coral reef after 30 days. A bunch of starfish on them. They, you know, they. uh for the price, they do it. I think they have a carbide too, like a nine millimeter yeah. carbide. Like they have a ten millimeter carbide. Oh, I'm
1: pulling a high point. They have, they have,
2: they have all different types of carbines, yeah.
0: dude. What's our
1: next pour? I've been, I've been dry over here. Yeah, I, I have some too. Of mine. I've been. I gotta finish mine. Other you guys want some of mine? Guys,
0: I'm not gonna turn that on. down, dude. I, for the record, I'm not hating on high point. I'm actually giving I high liked point credit. But- that was just a lot more. Proper than etiquette I was to rinse the glass ahead of dude, time. Dude, those are dope. Camo carbi- carbines. I call them a carbine. I should have gave you that sooner. Sorry. No problem, dude. Thank you. I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick.
2: Guns are fun. Sorry about the whole coughing into the microphone.
0: Oh, dude, you're fine. Come away from me. Dude, I'm not mad at these. Look how badass these are. Model 995, you guys can't see these. I don't have it on the thing. Awesome. I just I, I just took
1: Doug's drink, so okay. I'm going to finish that one. I'm not going to turn that down. You're going to really
2: like that one, I think. That is probably Whoa. my, the, just the regular Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is my most go-to, just everyday oh, here. drinker. Cameron. Keep End going of the day, if I need to have one, that's okay. that's my. You're go-to. still how are you you're washing your glass? You got? I just rinsed a the little
1: with some water. Oh, did you just what you get? So you putting it? You're like pouring it into the solo cup? Yeah. That's okay. A
0: hey guys, sorry to interrupt. I'm not doing ads on this one. I just wanted to pop in the middle here. Um, you know, maybe there'll be some automated ads. Maybe there won't. But one thing I wanted to say while you're listening to this, if you're enjoying Working Class Bowhunter, please, 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 give us a review wherever you listen, Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever, even YouTube, subscribe there, Um, comment, anything like that. Just help us out. And then if you do write a review, write your review at the end, say something about Doug's mustache. And what that'll do is enter you in a giveaway for some swag packs from working class bow hunter. I've seen some submissions already from last week, but just a quick reminder, go in there, write the review. It helps us more than, you know, and it takes five seconds and you could win some free stuff back to the episode. Thanks.
2: A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah,
0: baby. Six, eight, Western. Oh, there, baby, right there.
2: Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.
0: Dude, look how badass that is. Oh, yeah. That is sick. How much do you think that is? Uh, No more
2: than 300 bucks, I wouldn't think.
0: (laughs) What (laughs)
2: The ammo you put into it, the ammo you shoot in like 20 minutes will be worth more than that.
1: In this society, you can't buy a Nerf gun for that kind of money, come on. Did you see, they have a 10 mil, right? Well,
2: hold on, I'm still looking, hold on.
0: Uh, Handguns.
2: Yeah, right there, JXP10. Yeah. So if you, well, the slide almost looks like a SIG. The grip is just what looks wonky on it. Oh, yeah, the whole thing.
0: I'm in. Count me in, dude. But, hey,
2: the bears don't care. If you need to take down a bear with some... I wouldn't put, like, a big plus P round from Buffalo Bore through it, but...
0: But, you know, this would be a good home gun. Like, with that, with a flashlight on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I'm not
0: mad at them, Might (laughs) have to get one. People... People that hate are just the same dudes that are fucking hating on you and how you mix, mix your whiskey. Yeah, the
2: cops are going to judge you a little bit when they come to confiscate it
0: after you <laughs> shot them. Yeah, they'll the never find it, though. They're you know what like, I'm saying? High point, really? <laughs> Maybe it's in the bottom of the creek. <laughs> Dude, you can get them all camoed. That's sick. Dude, there's going to be people judging me for loving these. I don't care. That's badass. Better get them now. I'm in. We are in Illinois. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer, dude. What a fucking bummer! So
2: I go on the weekends and do do some fun training with this place called Green Hat Tactical. It's a retired Green Beret, and we'll go and do like running gun stuff, pistols and carbines, and and all. It's kind of different levels of training you can do. It's it's really fun. Um, and he's got a couple different places in Missouri that we go and do this. Uh huh. But um, they uh they have uh all sorts of different. Um, types of courses you can do and 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 part of that um being able to respond and and just have that instinct um to just pull the gun out from your holster and just have that muscle memory is spending time doing that yeah doing that kind of stuff and knowing your weapons but uh yeah, they, those guys over there in Missouri, just right on the other side of the border, they all have the suppressors and all that. No stuff. shit. And it's just like an
0: everyday thing. I mean, dude, this gun looks badass. A High Point firearm, forty Smith and Wesson carbine oh yeah. model. <laughs> I just take what's that one movie? Four oh nine five. Like? Stop it. In
2: Illinois, don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was fun. They did
2: the mountain lion. What was that? Stop it. Bad. Oh yeah, stop it. <laughs> don't bad kitty. <laughs> That's what they would like you to do in Illinois. Yeah, it's just what, uh, talk it down. Stupid. Talk what words down. did you tell? Did you t- tell tell cat? What words did I tell it? Yeah, I told it that was a bad touch. Um, I don't know. It's just,
1: <laughs> bad yeah. touch, kitty. I know I'm on your couch, but you need to just
0: back up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just yeah. want to said something funny, maybe. My chicken pat pat. It's a, <laughs> no kitty, kitty. <laughs> yeah, kitty. Hey, kitty. Maybe tell it a dad joke. <laughs> it just eye rolls and leaves. <laughs> damn flame. so what day of your hunt was this when this whole thing went down day one the beginning of season <laughs> oh,
2: and and the like the thing that i've been thinking about this whole year was that this same day the year before we watched this like 400 plus pound color phase bear at the end of the day kind of feed up over this ridge to the next one and i'm like i gotta be in this spot this day to catch this bear or you know another bear doing something similar. And of course I didn't get to hunt that evening because I was dealing with this cat. Um, so it ruined the whole hunt. But yeah, um it was kind of it was okay because it gave me a little bit of time to you know it gave me a good story, gave me a little bit of time to unwind and then a couple days later I went elk hunting. Yeah. Um so I don't know if we want to transition to For sure. to elk but um, I also had an elk tag, so I hadn't filled the bear tag yet. I didn't end up filling the bear tag at all. I went back out a few more times, but the elk that, is with the bow, though, right? The elk is with bow. Yeah, that area that we had seen all these bears the year before, those guys that I had saw that morning, they had been out there every year the last eight years and had all killed bears, and they wow. never saw a bear this year. Um, there, it was big drought, and I think that the uh, the berries that usually. Um, uh, spring up that in that area or that valley just never came this year, but there was a burn from the year before that was on the other side of the ridge or other side mm. of the 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 mountain, and I think most of the most of the bears and other animals were on that other side by that burn. There's probably a lot more food over there in that burn.
0: Yeah, gotcha. So um, that's impressive that all them guys are killing bears. Off. Yeah, and just big bears, spotting stock or what? Yep. Yep, the one that's guy, impressive. The one
2: guy told me he had uh, he had shot a bear that was almost 500 pounds. Holy which shit! Which is a really big bear for it. Wow, a yeah, real big huge. western bear. Yeah, that's a big bear anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's not a corn-fed bear. That's a grazing on public land bear. And yeah, no donuts. Although I think some of them do sneak down into the subdivisions. Mm-hmm. Hell, I would. Um, yeah. yeah, why not? Yeah, I've got actually a bear story about the subdivisions too. I'll share later, but so went over to uh, went over to elk hunt and um this was gonna be a three or four day elk hunt solo i was gonna check out this one spot right by the road that i'd seen some elk in previous years i'd been out west um this would be my fourth time elk hunting out west i shot a bull my first year on public over the counter five by four same spot no same area um totally out in the uncompagre. And this um, this spot was more like Northwestern Colorado, um, totally opposite side. So I'm going to check this one spot right off the road, and then I'm going to go get into some deeper stuff. So I pull up; it's still dark. Nobody else is there. I'm like, okay, this is this is perfect. And I open the truck door, and I hear a bugle, like right when I open the truck door. So I'm like, oh shit, this is it's on. Yeah. So I. Put on my stuff, and I actually put on wading boots like for fly fishing, like wading boots. And, um, because you know, in the 90s, and there's a river here, and I have to cross back and forth the river and and whatnot. So, I get my bugle tube, I get the rest of my stuff, and I head down. As the sun comes up, I see a bunch of cows off to one side, and um, so I head that way and I try to get into so I was gonna shoot anything, I was just trying to get some alchemy, really. I would have shot a cow too, um, could not um, get into them. They were kind of half on public, half off, crossing back and forth of the river. I just couldn't, <clears throat> couldn't make it happen. But um, I kept hearing bugling from that side that kind of died off and then bugling from the other side. So I looped around and I saw tines coming over the tops of these willow trees. And it this elk, it was a, a lone, what I thought was a six by six. On the other side of the river, with some cows, there were three cows, and I'm bugling back and forth this thing, and it is just—it's like turkey hunting, basically. Mm-hmm. Every time I bugle, this thing rips a bugle back at me, oh, and when awesome. it would rip that's a bugle awesome. at me, I would rip a gnarly one right back in its face <laughs> to piss it off. And we did this for forty-five minutes. <laughs> I could not get this thing to cross over the river, and um, and and I could hunt that side of the river, but it was so thick that until it got to the edge of the river, I could not see it. It was, I mean, it was a full-grown elk. It's just so thick back there. Mm -hmm. So at one point, I actually um, ran out into the middle of the river, stomped around to sound like an elk, and then ran back into the the weeds and ripped another bugle, and it thought that it was the bull coming across the river, so it came down barreling out i mean i saw the v in the willows coming through wow <laughs> and it came right to the edge and i was drawn and i was gonna take a front shot and there was a barbed wire fence right in front of it and it just got to that barbed <clears throat> wire and instead of jumping over it stopped there and stared and just tried to figure <clears throat> out where that bowl was and i then turned around that was a so, smart move, though. Yeah, well, it's so is smart. Dude, so, elk hunting so much fun. It's like turkey hunting, but they're huge and tastier. Um, <laughs> it's But it's so much fun. Um, so so I, I said, I have nothing to lose. So I hopped across the river. I just went right in and went right towards them. I made as much noise as I could. The wind was good. It was basically... Um, no wind at all and the thermals were just rising I kept hitting my puffer and it was just going straight up so I'm like I'm good so I got right into his bedroom it's this big willow bedding area and I'm just making a bunch of noise and I was was, you know huffing chuckling huffing on this thing Mm -hmm. as I'm coming through it's trying to sound like an elk, and my size 13s. So it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> you just walk, yeah. So, it's like Shrek walking <laughs> through the forest, bang exactly. your head across yeah. the tree. Yeah. So I got right in there and um, and ripped another bugle, and he ripped one back and came barreling right towards me. And at one point, he was there was a big um, pine tree. He was on one side of the pine tree, and I was on the other side of the pine tree. And he bugled, and I could smell his breath. He was wow, right there, wow. but, but I, so I couldn't move. I was frozen, and I, I couldn't do anything. So he fed around, or not fed, he just kind of moved around. He's trying to figure out where I was and um, kind of calmed down a little bit, and I moved out to this open area and just one more last Hail Mary. I bugled again, and, and I was hitting cow calls every once in a while too. And uh, he came poking his head back out of those willows, but I was drawn back already and he was at eighteen, twenty yards, and I stuck one straight into his chest right there and buried it all the way to the fletching. Oof. And he turned and did one of those like reels back like that and just flopped over and I could see the blood just oh, damn. out of his mouth. He just ate Heesh. that whole 29 and a half inch draw that whole arrow <laughs> yeah. just ate it all the way to the fletching the frontal's brutal yeah 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 so sever two blade
1: just congratulations what a season dude what a that was couple fun. of days huh? you're, yep. you're like the cat and the elk whisperer getting within like 10 feet of them both
2: i'll tell you what um for a midwest boy from northern wisconsin that elk <laughs> hunting especially when they're bugling like
0: that that was the first time i really got into them bugling
2: that is addicting stuff, right? dude. Crazy. A bugle
0: can make oh anybody God. that's motivated to hunt like, dude. When I went out this last fall, like pretty much the same week you were out there, because yeah. we we were texting a little bit. Yeah, and then we lost service, and it was yeah. just like, all right, dude, I'll talk to you when we're good home. luck. Watch but, out for yeah, Lions. yeah, dude. It's <laughs> yep. uh, elk hunting is like you if you have elk bugling, you can just chase a bugle, dude, oh. until you just. It's crazy what it does to your body. Oh yeah.
2: And you can get out there doing that stuff. And even if you're not in shape or whatever, the adrenaline starts going. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you've been elk hunting for six days and you've lost 14 pounds. And you're and, not ready to go yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, and you're not ready to go home. But there are times on an elk hunt where when you don't hear anything or don't see anything and you've been doing 10, 12 mile days at yeah. high elevation, that you start to think, what
0: the hell am I doing out yeah. here? You got to be <laughs> smart with like. I need some cheese, curtains. So yeah. if you're hearing a bugle. You want to just dive over every hill straight and yeah. beeline to it, but you almost have to, like, dude, I got to be straight up, like, and it's no secret. Hunting with Devin and Trey and Braden and Franco and learning from Western-type guys that grew up in this terrain and know how to navigate the terrain and grew up here in Bugles and grew up spotting stock on elk and bear and mule deer, hunting with them guys has shaved my learning curve down by so much that I feel pretty confident that like I could go with a buddy who's never been and be a pretty good mentor to yeah. them. Now I'm a rookie compared to Devin and Trey and Braden and Franco and some of these guys that I look up to as Western studs. But I think I've learned so much and spending so much time with them that I can be effective now. Like there's just something in that valley and you've, You're solo doing this shit. They're like a cheat code. You know, having somebody like that is like
2: having that N64 GoldenEye cheat code.
0: It it really, honestly, (laughs) is. It is. And I recommend anyone like that's scared to go because going out west for a Midwestern guy for a lot of dudes is scary. But it's scary coming to the
2: Midwest for the Western guys too. Like, uh, didn't Trey? Trey Trey came over and shot shot a Big 12. First shot, hundred
0: sixty inch buck. Yeah, yeah. Marcus and came out. I, Devin came out. But
2: he wasn't going to do that if if he didn't know you and Judd and you know and and, yeah. and those guys. So you're like that same person for them in the Midwest, yeah.
0: Midwestern Shaman, you Western. Know, it's shaman. different, but that's what it's I was getting different. to. Find a connection. Mm-hmm. Find a Western guy that knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. And and I think the key is finding experienced hunters in their own craft. Mm-hmm. Like we're all experienced Midwestern hunters. They're experienced Western hunters. You guys want a whitetail hunt? We can figure it out. We want a western hunt? You can figure it out. Yep. Let's swap, trade, and share fun and experience. That's really the way to do it. Yeah, just it's working together.
2: class bow hunter, right? It's not working class midwestern bow hunter.
0: Yeah, we're just we're trying yeah. to experience. Uh, yeah. it, it's and here's the bottom, and we've gotten shit like for going to Africa. For I've gotten shit for quitting John Deere to do this full time. It's accomplishing things that don't seem like. Like it's easy to accomplish. That's what you strive for. Like Mm -hmm. you want to kill an elk, bow, gun, whatever you want to kill it with. You can't do it if you don't go where elk live. Now it might be scary, and maybe a little expensive, and maybe a little uncomfortable meeting up with someone you don't really know that well to go. First time I ever went elk hunting, I met with Buck Storm from South Dakota. They've been. They met me and my dad out in Colorado in 2018. I didn't know them. Just from talking on the phone, I never met him in person. We met on the mountain. That's awesome. I consider Jeremy, Travis, and Austin some of my best friends because of it, though. Yeah. So could they have been serial killers? Yeah, for sure. Would have been worth it. Thank God they weren't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And think about the resources we have now. I mean, if you had tried to plan a Western hunt 15 years ago or even 10 years ago, Without all of the different, you know, internet and social media things and yeah. connections we have, it would have been a lot more daunting of a task. And without Onyx Maps and without the yeah. mapping services, you know, deer cast and things
1: like that. That was my first bow yeah. hunt. I dove right into elk before I'd ever whitetail hunted. Really? Yeah. It's so crazy. It was wild. It's just, my, he's just full of surprises, isn't well, he? Well, my dad, Man, I, I, I just got-
0: The mysterious way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad pulled me out of high school. I was in high school. I was just a freshman. I was in school for like five days and he pulled me out and we went out and elk hunted for like 12 days in Utah. Oh, so God. it's easy to see how I got bit by the bug. I mean, I'd never got up in a tree stand before and I'm out in the mountains of Utah chasing elk around. So that it was is. wild. It is. That's, it's pretty badass. Yep. It's addicting
2: too. Once you get out there and just everything seems a little bit more slow paced and you're more disconnected. Um you know, just about anywhere we're we are here we're within, you know, fifteen minutes of a Casey's Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and out there, I mean, you you can
1: really get into some oh, big country. Yeah, never seeing the mountains before and going out and having a bow in your hand, oh, walking yeah. around the mountains. Yep. It was surreal.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. And things change so fast out there. You can and it's so quiet. Oh yeah. yeah, you could be dry and not have seen an elk in three days, and all of a sudden a herd of elk runs through, and and everything just you know your whole world implodes, and you yeah. got to figure out how to get on them. It's just it's it's the unknown of it all that's really exciting. It's yeah. the,
0: have you ever have you ever talked to Devin Leonard? I have not. The dude's energy is like something I strive to like have in my life. That's why I love hanging out with him. And I'll ask him like, "Hey, what's your favorite thing to hunt?" Yeah. Whatever I'm hunting at that yeah, time, everything. Yeah. yeah, it's like, every all hunting is fun. Oh, yeah. One, it's like I I admire the the solo hunting, but I have really have no interest in that. Like, and I get some guys like it. Now, whitetail hunting in the Midwest, I like to go by myself, but I like to come back to buddies. Yeah, out mm-hmm. west, I want to like. I think making the game plans and the and scenarios and speculation and all that is fun to me. I don't I like the solo thing. Clint loves the solo thing. You said you like it. I think it'd be cool for a couple of days and I would dig it, but I just like hanging out with like Devin's my western hunting buddy. Like him and I have like this thing when we get together shit dies. Mm. So we kind of have like this I don't know if we're lucky together or it's like his experience meets my different perspective of experience and then we kind of put it together and we figure out a way to make shit fucking tip over. I don't know what it is, but I just like the camaraderie of chasing animals with good people. Yeah.
2: And the and the whole deer camp thing has kind of um, started to die, I feel, a little bit. But you guys are bringing it back, you know, with this place here. And, you know, g- growing up in a culture in northern Wisconsin that, I mean, we were – we didn't have school during the deer season. Yeah, the Wisconsin night. has some the of the, the night strongest night. hunting culture. Oh yeah, to, there, there was Michigan hunt. as well. The be, some of the best memories I have had in my life are, are walking out in the woods with my dad. You know, twelve years old, and there's a foot of snow on the ground, and you're walking out to a blind you made the day before out of sticks on public land, and you, if if it's brown, it's down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, going back to deer camp, and everybody's playing cards and drinking beers, and there's a you know wood burning. Fire and all that stuff, yeah. and just talking about all the stuff you saw or didn't see that day, and yeah, a lot of that gets lost with social media or just everybody's busy schedules, and it's so hard to get access now and all this things. So yeah, having this place here or having the podcast and and the meetups that you guys do and all that brings people together, and and you know, also kind of the Western thing gives you that camping aspect or like your your camp where now all of a sudden everybody's coming back to one place at night, you know, they're all, they're all camping, you're sharing drinks, you're sharing stories. And otherwise you just hop in the truck and go back home. And then it's just whatever. It's like a normal night. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's one thing I grew up with. I was fortunate to grow up with a hunting camp like that. And it's something too, that I love like having the studios. Like now, like we, we host, we had two weeks of whitetail camp in November, late October, November last year. Like, Dude, I want to do that from October fifteenth to fucking December fifteenth. Yeah. Yeah. People got places to hunt and they want to stay at the
1: studio. Like, let's do it. That's why I like the outfitting thing. It's a two month deal for me. Yeah,
0: I, I love it. Your your friends are back hunting with you for two months. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I want to get into it. I really do. Yeah, like outfitting. I think it'd be fun. Did you not like as like a primary business, but just like a fun.
1: Oh yeah, lifestyle. Well, thing, like I said, you get to see your friends every year. They come back at the same time. You get to hunt with your buddies. I mean, that's yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. Like, cool. I feel like I I don't mean to take it for granted. I, maybe I don't because I do appreciate when it's happening. But I think I don't. I don't want to sound ungrateful. I've designed, and I, we all have our lives are all designed around hunting to the point where, like. We structured it from our young age to have hunting involved in our lives at some point. Now, to what level was it a part of our lives? We kind of, that kind of morphed into whatever. But I feel like because I'm around it so much, or I've designed myself to be around hunting and hunting almost exclusively people that hunt so much, that I kind of come numb to how special it is. Until I talk to someone else, like man, you're lucky to have so many friends that are that into hunting. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys that listen to the show that are like, you guys are our hunt, my hunting culture. Because I don't have buddies that'll go out west with me, or guys that want to hunt for a week straight because their wife sucks or whatever it is, which means a lot. I mean, when you hear someone say that, like it's oh, it's a that's the biggest compliment yeah. of all time. But uh, should we try another whiskey? Yeah, I think we should. I just how many that shows have been at to. and like. I, like, I feel like I know you guys already. Oh yeah, that's, that's the biggest compliment yeah. I think that we can get as oh, a brand. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, so, you guys are authentic too. You
2: know, you have a lot of yeah, but, a lot of people with shows that that you don't feel like you know them because you see who they are on the show, and then when you meet them in person, that's not the same person.
0: Yeah, I see. I get that. But and that's <laughs> yeah. also too. Cooler. It's like we'll get yeah. negative reviews. Like <laughs> Austin, you said you were reading some of our podcast reviews. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny to go
1: back and read through some of the. Some of the reviews, yeah, most of them are, mo- almost all of them are great and F- positive. Five or six bad ones out of the three or four hundred that were on
0: there, and that's probably just on Spotify. The ones you're looking at, yeah, I think it was. So it's like someone's like uh, someone commented on our YouTube, and I get what they're saying, but they're like, "You guys shouldn't cuss. So you can be a role model to the younger generation." And my look is like, "Hey, look, I'm no- I don't, not I- I- same thing your dad hasn't said in front of you." that That's a good point, too, but also, and I don't want to be like I don't want to be a role model that's not true. like I would love to be a role model, but I'm also it's like <laughs> maybe we're not the people to just be that typical role model because it's like there's a ton of people that can be role models, yeah, we're just being who we are, we're being as authentic as we can now, if someone's like for the Deercast series, we don't cuss, we do drink on it, but we don't cuss for that like that's a great alternative, but to be like. Don't be who you are on your own show for the kids. I get it, but also like, well,
1: wait till the kids are fifteen or sixteen and then they can start listening to us. Like How about that?
0: The tiniest. I cuss more. Tine. I was fifteen. That was okay. not. So, do you want I me to don't. rinse this or do something with this?
2: Yeah, you can rinse
0: it. Out. Well, what, what do you do with the rinse? Water, Damn, just drink it. it right here. Red Solo cup. <laughs> Throw it in that. Okay, this is new. Dude, that
1: whiskey, I'm not going to lie, it's got my face hot. <laughs> yeah. All right, what are we pouring? I got my glass right here. This
2: is the... It's dumped on 321.18 from barrel number 19 in Warehouse H on Rick number 40. Who we got Warehouse H. It's the Blanton's single barrel straight from the barrel. 129.6 <laughs>
1: This is the... This is the hot one. What was the other one? 123. I feel drunk from that little
0: bit. Am I just... This is, That's a, this, That's a this is This the heard. Booner right here. I guess everything I'm sipping has booze in it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let me chase it with this. Oh, there's booze in Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, there's oh, rum.
1: Let me chase that with a beer. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, pour me some of that cheap shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get you an ice cube,
2: too. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love one, you to give me
0: a little bit. Just <laughs> one ice cube, cube. please. I'm texting my father-in-law. I'm going to be like, "Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> we need a ride." Yeah, we need a ride. <laughs> "Hey mom, can you go pick me up?" The other oh. guy
2: with the mustache got me drunk. <laughs> Again. <laughs> okay. uh, you got to love plantains. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. And this is uh Oof. this is unique. So, Elmer T. Lee was the first one that actually came up with the single barrel Idea? How do
0: you know all this? Just,
2: He's a connoisseur. Yeah. I love it, dude. So there's something called a Honey Barrel, and it's kind of the the best spot in the Rick House, the place in the Rick House that gets the most stable temperature fluctuations and humidity and everything, because they're all just kind of open atmosphere. And that's why bourbon um, has a lot of the flavors that it does, is because in Kentucky... You have um a unique type of of environment where you get some pretty cold winters and some pretty warm summers, but um it's not like wild extremes you know and it's you wouldn't want something that is gonna be uh like in Florida where it's blazing hot and you yeah. lose all your alcohol and things like that but there are places in the Rick house where um where the the it's it's almost like putting it in the basement or something like that. Where it's more um, balanced uh, of an environment, local environment. So, the honey barrels. Uh, that over time, the brewmasters or the um, the master distillers figure out where the best flavors come from, and they put, um, they pull those barrels out, and they you know they sample them and whatnot. But they pull those barrels out, and they pull them out for a single barrel. So Elmer T. Lee back in the day was trying to figure out a way to differentiate his uh bourbon and decided we're going to pull out a couple of these really awesome barrels that we sampled the other day and and we're just going to put them straight into a bottle and and sell them. One barrel. One barrel. So single barrel. So that's where the uh the whole idea of a single barrel came from and that's where you get the uh the Blantons or the Elmer T. Lee or um, Henry McKenna single-barrel bottled and bond 10-year and things like that um, come from and the idea of having a single-barrel pour. Every Before that, just about all bourbon was blended. So they would take a bunch of different barrels, blend it all together, cut it down to whatever proof they wanted to sell it at and bottle it and ship it out. Hmm. So you got a lot of 90 proof or... Eighty-five proof, just kind of bland. Cut it with uh, deionized water and let her up. Yep. So, well, yeah. The uh, the bullet that you see on those glasses, that distillery is actually the old Stitzel Weller distillery where Pappy Van Winkle um, was out of in Louisville. So, oh shit. Yeah. So the Pappy Van Winkle guy is uh, his his old. Rick houses and everything. Old Pappy. Yeah.
1: So
0: where did you get this box with all the glasses and stuff? From that distillery. Oh, really? Yeah, a tour at that distillery. I got to get one of those. How much did that cost? I think it was like
2: 200 bucks for the whole set. Dude, we need one for the studio. It's
0: very cool. The glasses are sweet. Should we get one for the studio and just like make it like a, oh, the celebration box. There you go. The kill
1: box. It's funny to see like how a person kind of graduates through the years. What happened?
2: I just tried that for the first time.
1: Thought,
0: oh, you never had this? No, I just opened it. Oh, I thought you had had another bottle already. It's a totally different uh, oh. barrel. It's single barrel. What maybe. do you think of it? It's very good. All right, let me try it. Yeah, it's like... I'm scared. Uh, it smells better than the other one. It's a little earthy. It's
2: not nearly as caramely as some of the other ones were. I just blew it in my own eye. <laughs> it's it's more uh, <laughs> yeah. like you know, a little bit of like hay almost in it, but...
1: Man, that's a lot different than the first totally one. Different. Yeah. Is this totally different. Totally different. Is this the coolest whiskey you've ever tasted, Austin? The coolest? I don't know. That first one was pretty so, damn cool. So this it's one e- is equally cool. sweet as far as 128. I like probably. this
0: a lot better. Yeah.
1: So it, you're more. Entire it, proof, but I do think it is a little smoother.
0: Yeah. I think that, that first one was good. All right. So I'm like at a scale mm-hmm. one to 10. Austin, you're, I look at you. So you're a 10. Out of bourbon, man, ten. I then compared to him, you're probably like a six point five. So, yeah, six. I would say, and I'm a one and a half. I'm a like point six nine. So I'm. A, <laughs> I've become <laughs> of course more. You are. <laughs> I've become. You've watched me come more appreciative of bourbon. Yep. Over the last year and a half, two years, maybe year and a half. I I do like this bourbon. It's good. Now I'm, let's see if I drink this whole thing how I like it I at the end. I up. won't be able to. This I feel like is fifty percent better than that last one. Wow, I'm not a bourbon. The last fan. one. Well, everybody's got, got their yeah. Everybody likes I'm their own. Finding bourbon. out more and more. Absolutely. I'm untrained though. <laughs>
2: Hey, fun- it, it doesn't matter if you're training or not. It's all what you'd like what you
0: think and what right. you like. Yeah. It's like, I guess I'm not supposed to like one. It's just what I like. So the funny thing is there's
2: bourbon tasting competitions or there's bourbon competitions How do you- where oh. you have a judge, a series of judges that taste the bourbons. Just get hammered. And everyone tastes something different. Mm. Um, it's uh, Part of me kind of thinks it's BS, but it, <laughs> it really is um, just what you – reference based on your taste buds and and all that so um it's it's all just up to perception of the individual taster really how much (sighs) (laughs) can't do it not your thing well i think you might enjoy my (laughs) mouth the fancy box here that i brought that you keep playing with because you like Dude, the little magnetic attachment.
0: I, I feel like I haven't drank I that like much boxes. bourbon, but I, I mean, feel fucking lit
1: up. When you, you get two or three glasses in you, you yeah. You oh, feel this a little, is like
0: 120 proof, though. So 130 I
1: guess. hits a little different than the 90. Yeah,
2: so I'm pouring yeah. shot and a half type pours. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you think about it, a shot of Jack, Jack is what, 90 or 80? 85. Yeah. 80. Actually, re-
1: regular Jack's 80. Used to be 85, and then they cut so it down So regular 80.
2: Jack's 80. So we're basically drinking one and a half of regular jacks and then but we're drinking one and a half pours so we're like almost drinking like three shots every one of these.
0: Yeah, but I feel huh? like
1: it hits different, dude. It does. God damn, it does. Yeah. The this one, is um, 120 12130 type stuff. You can tell the difference. <laughs> Dude, I'm I feel not, I'm like not
2: a mathematician.
1: I feel like whiskey makes you want
0: to beat on somebody. <laughs> 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 that neck tattoo is starting to, to glow. <laughs> My inner white trash. <laughs> My inner white trash is like, you glow,
1: <laughs> you're glowing. <laughs> you see though. That's why you're so hot. Your tattoos are burning. It's skin.
2: There's, there's a wife beater under that, buddy, <laughs> for
0: sure. You ever seen Theo Von skit where he's like, yeah, Monster 8 Energy makes you want to go home and beat on your wife? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. it just makes you feel hot, dude. Yeah, it's getting hot in here. The cedar walls
2: is almost like a sauna.
0: Dude, this is fun. It's a whiskey room right now. Absolutely. Was your progression through whiskey like mine
1: where when you're... 16 to 20 years old you just burn yourself out on jack daniels and southern comfort and all the uh, new uh windsor and all the shitty whiskey oh, yeah. that you can drink for a dollar at the well i mean my dad always had a 175
2: of jim beam laying around yeah really oh god he still, to this to this day has a 175 of jim beam so kessler and cokes with a jim beam so, yeah, 15, 16, stealing Jim Beam out of my dad's bottle, yeah. heading out with the buddies, you know, fill up a, uh, you know, just a water bottle with with whiskey and and head out. So I got indoctrinated into Jim Beam at a young age. You know, I, I was kind of a late bloomer in northern Wisconsin at 15, but uh, <laughs> yeah. at 15. I I was an avid ice fisherman, and it's almost impossible to ice fish and be sober at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So you Heard it illegal. dude I
0: never yeah. I, do whiskey like bourbon and whiskey in general was like really never on my radar I mean, shots of it, of, like, the yeah. cheap shit, and I think that's what gave me, like, such a bad, like, Ugh, yeah, type vibe to it, is that's the only time I ever did it, it was kind of a gag, it was like, oh, we're doing a shot of fucking Kessler, and the I'm the like, The worst God. stuff you can get. Yeah, yeah or, like, Winds, Windsor whiskey, you know, Canadian this. whiskey is what yeah. we drink.
1: I drink gallons of that shit. You're like, you're gonna just I do love like Crown Royal. Like, I, I, like, like I like Crown.
2: Crown. I love Crown's good tomorrow? whiskey.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I, I do. You're just an engineer, dude, Come on. What are you engineering?
2: It doesn't have not to be bourbon. that precise.
1: But I will say as I got it's older, like my progression with <laughs> bourbon military. went from, you know, in my twenties to, you know, drink as much and as cheap as stuff as you can to honestly, I think bullet was kind of my gateway into, okay, that's a nice thirty dollar bottle and it does taste better than the rest. Yeah. So for then sure. I started, you know, just drinking it with water or drinking it in an old fashioned or whatever. And then kind of progressed into, <laughs> you know, not stuff that on this Level, but yeah. n- nice bourbon and just kind of drinking it on the rocks or drinking it in an old fashioned or whatever. That's a good point. But it's few things better than a good old fashioned. Oh, I love a good well, old fashioned. Austin
0: got our whole crew kind of hooked nice on old fashioned, dude. They're so good, the fish, and that's right? what got me hooked. Like not hooked into whiskey a little more it was like the old fashioned game, and then uh you know Ross likes high dollar things and whiskey, yeah. and you do from time to time, and then it's like. Oh, you hear about the Blantons. You hear about the Pappy Van Winkle. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, Bullet's good. Buffalo Trace is good. Like, I like Bullet and Buffalo Trace. Like, that to me is like the Bud Light, Bush Light of like entries of bourbon. Not, and, and I don't mean to degrade that. I'd say that's inaccurate. Gr- but I feel like it's a good way to get into it. They're great bourbons. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, if someone's got Bullet, I'm like, I'll have Bullet Old Fashioned or a Buffalo Trace Old Fashioned. A
2: Bullet, you could just as easily make a Bullet and Diet Coke as a Bullet Old Fashioned or drink Bullet Straight. Yeah. It's, it's, good. it's, it's, it's good yeah and it's affordable and there's not that much of a difference between a straight off the shelf bullet and something that's been aged you know 12 years or something my palate is
1: not refined enough i think i just burned it on windsor through all the years but if you gave me a blind taste test on a really good bourbon and like a a, just a regular bullet i probably have a tough time telling
0: the difference yeah let's do this real quick this probably is not we're deep enough in this podcast; kids aren't going to listen. Um, but they got bored when we first started talking about bourbon talks. They're like, "This way over my head." Yeah. Doug, how old were you when you first drank, and what was your alcohol? Um, I think I was. Was it in hunting camp or was it out of hunting camp? No, this was way back. In the, I think I was at a friend's house. Uh, I think I was thirteen or fourteen. And it was some Canadian knockoff whiskey, probably Windsor, and I died. <laughs> I do it. I hugged the toilet all night. Yeah, mm, good learning lesson. Yeah. Did you probably ever drink? I don't like, probably don't like whiskey or bourbon anymore. Growing up First in hunting start. camp with like the adults, your dad or your uncles or anything or cousins or whatever. Did you ever drink? Did they ever like make you drink, or did you try to drink with the boys? Or like, were you ever mm. allowed like a a hall pass to do it with the boys? No, not really. I think maybe once, like if someone killed the buck, because we didn't really kill many deer. Yeah, because we just did deer drives and stuff. But if someone killed like a buck, I think maybe. I got to have, like, a a sip of a beer, a drink of a beer. Yeah. Definitely not Wisconsin. Kind of like your uncle being like, have a drink, Doug. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. It's like, you want one? It's like, I looked at my dad and just like, get the nod for approval. Hell yeah, I do. (laughs) Dude, that's kind of like a cool thing, man. It's like a a rite of passage. Yeah, once you get the nod, like. Yep. From your dad that it's fine? You're a man now. It's a special thing. It's yeah. a rite of
1: passage. Yeah. A Midwestern thing, I think. I mean... For sure. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I think what about I had, you? Like with, if you
0: had a son, you'd want his first beer to be when, with you, when you? When it's yeah. right. When it's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. When
2: Eric shoots at 200 next year, I'm going to bring a really nice bottle down.
0: <laughs> Wait, Wait, not, How's it
2: get nicer? <laughs> no, no, nicer than this. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. What? Well, how old well, are you when you first Eric drink? Does? When Eric does? Yeah. What the fuck does that what, mean? I think when that's Eric Team Eric like all the one. way. in. Are you Team like, Eric? I've been Team Eric since the beginning. It's because I don't like bourbon. What the fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: shoot for the underdog.
1: I'm with you, dude. But I love you, Doug. I had a feeling you were going to win. I had a feeling you were going to pull it out. So I had to root for you. The, the odds underdog. did they
0: pulled in your favor. <laughs> Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Eric's confidence, though, and that's that's important. He was a important. very confident man. It was fun, I dude. He was so confident. I'm like, fuck, dude. He might. I mean, there's some, there's something in in confidence like that. That's why someone likes a confident underdog when you believe that you're gonna do it. Hey, he ran into three big this, boys. He could have pulled it off. This
2: ain't no movie. Hey, when it was getting <laughs> when It was early January no fairy tale, Peter <laughs> Pan. That's his <laughs> life, boy. When it was early Real January, life. talking to Eric, it was getting a little heartbreaking. Yeah, but yeah. He, he really wanted that. <laughs> but he handled the chip
0: well. Dude, Like he took it on the chin. Yeah. yeah. Lot Eric than made that chip his bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been dying. My,
2: uh, my first was Malibu at 13. Malibu. Malibu yep. nice. That was, uh, it was all uphill from there. Uphill. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than Malibu. So, yeah. Like like white bottle Malibu? Here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think we each had like, uh, the equivalent of two shots of Malibu and we're sloppy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, don't take you don't to, yeah. You
0: don't even stop. You're, you're 13 <laughs> and weigh 110 pounds or whatever, <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah. My head did at that point. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah.
2: It, uh, when I studied abroad in Scotland, everybody always asks, like, you know, you're into bourbon. Do you like scotch, too? I studied abroad in Scotland and just got absolutely annihilated on smoky, peaty Man, scotch it is one different. night. different. And puked my brains out. So you're and not now a scotch guy. I
1: can't even smell. Dude, the it is so different. We, we got to do a taste of scotch after this just to <laughs> taste the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would
0: like to. Now I'd have a my palate's like prepared for It like is it. freaking strong.
1: How were oh, right. you, Austin, when you first drank and what was it? I remember one of my first experiences. Of course, I had the beer with dad when I was 12 years old, probably. But when I was 15 and got out kind of running with my friends, uh, of course, it was hard to get booze back then. Like we we didn't have any adults with us. So you had to have somebody that was in their twenties to get booze, a for brother you. or something. Yeah, so we had a campfire and everybody had the tents pitched around, and we got a, <laughs> like a small bottle of uh, Captain Morgan. And then a small bottle of apple pucker, and we just passed that around and drank it straight out of the little bottle between like ten of us, and just got trashed. Just got trashed off two little bottles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. It's kind of like a, a, it's like a beautiful innocence of just like corruption right there. Yeah, mine was uh, probably kind of fucked up in hindsight a little bit when me and my buddy were in eighth grade. So what are you, eighth grade, thirteen or fourteen? We were. Dating sophomore girls when we were in eighth grade, and they (laughs) thought it'd be funny to get us drunk because they were already drinking and they got us drunk on apple pucker. And I was, and I remember one of them damn near tried to rape me, do bad things, do bad things. And I was like, What's going on? I'm young and innocent and a good boy. And I was a BMX kid at the time, and I rode home and I'm manually trashed. And a manual is a wheelie without pedaling, for people who don't know. And it takes balance. And I, for some reason, I've been manually at full speed and just loop out backwards <laughs> and just road rash oh, up my arms. And uh, I was like, damn. I thought you had it. thought I had it. I felt confident. It's my first liquid courage experience, you know, and it didn't work <laughs> out. And then uh, I don't remember my first, like, so I would have been eighth grade-ish, summer going into eighth grade, probably when that happened. I don't honestly remember like my first beer in hunting camp, but I do remember being younger than 21 drinking with the guys in camp. And there was this one guy named Mike that we, he would stay up and drink with me. And he's like, I just like to stay up and see how many beers Kirk can put down at 19 <laughs> just to see if he can hang. And, oh, at 19? Hell, you're probably a pro by 19. Oh, yeah, I was a pro at 19, you know, like. We'd drink beer till freaking two in the morning yeah. and get up two hours later and go hunting, you know. <laughs> Hell at nineteen I was in my prime. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It's like For sure. never got hung over no. drinking aluminum cam Coors lights and Miller 19, lights. With,
1: yeah, nineteen your college age. Yeah. That's when like, you wake up and start drinking in the like morning. Yeah, I'm dude, trying to
0: think though before that, like I don't really know if I did drink beers younger than that in 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 camp, you know. I yeah. don't I might have, but it wasn't like if it was it was like a beer or something yeah, to like yeah crazy yeah but it wasn't like a real memorable experience i'm like i'm having the, the holy beer you know yeah i don't
1: remember the first beer but i do remember that first hard alcohol experience
0: yeah i remember the first time drinking you know yeah kicks your head in the teeth well, we were, I at the time the, we were some babes at the at our age you know
2: i remember the first taste of chewing tobacco mm oh did you guys did your dads ever give you like oh what's that dad and give you a little dip at you in the back just to laugh at you oh god i had to find
0: out on my own Oh boy i did too i got i borrowed some from a buddy and had cold sweats for 48 hours and puked my fucking brains out
2: yeah well the stuff really goes to your head i mean way stronger yeah when when you're you're not not used to to it it. oh you put a big old horseshoe in or something thing and you're gonna be a hero And you're are your
1: best friend. You're, yeah, you're already
2: 12 beers down. If know, there is yeah. kids listen to this, don't be don't, <laughs> don't no, do don't be did. cocky. You're not no. a hero. That's when it not comes the movie to chewing tobacco. <laughs> the tobacco always wins. <laughs> it does.
1: Yeah. Alcohol yeah. will get you, but tobacco is guaranteed to get you. Oh, you'll get the spins. Yeah.
0: For sure. I don't know Cold how sense. guys like continue to do it after like getting the spins the first time. I don't know how like you go back. Like I've tried it like I did it, got sick and I tried it again I'm just like the tobacco buzz is not for me. Yeah, you know, it's but, one of those memorable tastes and memorable smells
2: that you just—it hits all the senses yeah, of that. Just good.
0: I love the smell of it. Like I like smelling a can of it. It smells good to me. It just but, hits good. Do you dip still done? Mm-hmm. i have one in right now. Yeah. You do. Mm-hmm. See, all right. This is what I do appreciate about you and Eric. You guys dip like adults. When you're around someone that dips like a child, oh, it pisses gutting, me off. Are you gutting it? I'm drinking. That's no, like a. But you're just, that's a man. You're not spitting. When these boys, this Eric, is, Eric nor Doug have a spitter. This is what I love about them, though. When I get drunk I do in the need day, them, but I was, a little wild. With when you guys dip, though, you dip. You just dip like adults. Like you don't. You're not hindering. What I hate about dip spit with dudes is like you get the fucking Johnny redneck dude in here. Who the when, first of all, this is a real rule. If you come to the studio and you dip and you leave your spitter on the table and I clean it up, you can never come back. That's a real rule, for real. I'm not kidding. And there's dudes that have done it, and I've been like, "Hey, you can't ever come back." That's the rule at the studio with me. If you dip, that's fine. Clean up your own spitter and don't throw it in the trash. To where when I take trash out, I get dip spit <laughs> on my hand. That's why, I like, I love when Doug and Eric dip. I'm like, you guys dip like adults. You see the kids? They got this big nasty fucking cup with a napkin in it, and there's fucking loose <laughs> chew, and it's all on their fucking teeth. Dude, that's the dip like an adult. Gut the shit if you're gonna get it. Mm -hmm.
1: Dip like you're gonna kiss somebody afterwards.
0: Yeah, that's right. Dip like a gentleman, like an adult. So props (laughs) to you and Eric, Doug. You guys are men. Thank you. My grandpa did a uh, ten
2: a Copenhagen a day for since well he got into the navy at age seventeen early, and from the time he was seventeen to eighty one, he dipped a (laughs) ten a day. And at 81, he decided he was going to quit chewing because they increased the price of it (laughs) because of the tax. And it was the general principle of the thing is what he said was, you know, I'm not going to pay that kind of money for it. Um, he was an asshole for about six months of not chewing. We told him you ought to start chewing again. If it hasn't killed you, <laughs> I go buy again. <laughs> if it yeah. hasn't killed you yet, it's not going to kill you. You're 82
1: years old now, so I'd can... almost be scared to see what it would do if you quit at 80 years the old. The
0: guy dipped 23,360 cans. He of dip. never left the house oh.
2: un- t- unless times that like once a week he'd leave to bucks. go get another couple logs to chew, and he'd throw them in the freezer and pull a tin out every day and. It's a big
0: Great. old, always right? had a horseshoe in his lower lip. Man. Did I do my, I'm not good at math, but did he do the, how old is he? It had to have been. He's
2: 17? A- 81. To 17? Well, he died at 83. So That's 83 to 17, yeah.
0: 64 years of dipping. Yeah. Times 365 a day, 23,000. Just over Maybe early on he
2: didn't chew as much, but, boy, he was all of a tin a day. What like it, what's a, he what times a, that by like $3, that's 70000 He would get the 55-gallon garbage <laughs> bags, and they'd be full of chew tins. So when we were in college, I brought back one of those, and we made like two whole Stanley cups out of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that's and awesome. Just out of my grandpa's chew tins.
0: It's we impressive. had a beer pong table back in the day that was nothing but shoe tins on the top. <laughs> yeah, It was kind of cool. It and we had like nice. where all the holes were in the middle. We drilled holes and put lights underneath and had lights up through it. So it was like pretty legit. Yeah, it was gross. It stinked. <laughs> <laughs> but, the whole house stunk in college. Though. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just what it smells like. Copenhagen uh, and Grizzlies. It's crazy to think um, beer pong used to drink that, like the cups. Oh, God. We oh, never it alive. We think- did
2: when we were young. Yeah. But. Those cups would roll around on the ground, and they'd you'd put them back
0: and it face hair in a punch of hair, hairs in the oh, beers no. and everything. Like, oh god. god, drinking, man, drinking. I'm glad that I I do enjoy beer pong, but I'm I'm glad like the water, yeah, the water. But, I'm, I'm the glad water. that we have graduated to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're drinking fine, fine bourbon. We didn't work we, too damn hard, right, out, Austin we right. too damn hard to not drink good bourbon so, on the weekend. That's in right. a long podcast, we've sampled two bourbons, not the. No, we got to three. Well, oh, we're... we did do three. Well, I've, I'm on my second. Yeah,
1: I had. Yeah, I'm, I'm only. On. I, I've tried three glasses, but right. only two of them are different.
2: What What am I on? You are on number three, but you've only had two. I'm on the blands, You're on the Blandes. Okay. Blands. So we went William Larue Weller, mm-hmm. Elijah
1: Craig. I, I skipped, skipped you, Elijah Craig. Krug, yeah, you were the only one that had the Elijah. I haven't tried that one yet. Elijah
2: Craig's beautiful.
1: I kind of want to try that it. tequila. It's tequila. What, what's this tequila?
2: This is a Don Julio 1942. This is what the
0: rappers all rap about? Yeah, exactly. Look at that bottle.
2: It just looks So this fancy. is a Nejo. And the reason I brought this was because this is kind of the progression of... Um, alcohol connoisseurs. And the new thing now that a lot of people are getting into is these um, aged tequilas. So this is an Anejo, which means it's aged. It's a brown tequila. Um, A lot of times you'll see these aged in like old whiskey barrels and things like that. Um, The rums and the tequilas can be aged in old wine barrels or old whiskey barrels. In order to be bourbon, like I said before, it has to be a brand new american white oak barrel charred so um then once those are done they're one-time use in kentucky or the other places that are making these bourbons they'll send them down to um like the florida like like the bahamas and in places like that for rum or they'll send them down to mexico for tequila and then they can reuse those and rechar them and Mm. and do things so this the anejo would be from a charred barrel Mm. So it's, it's um, aged in a similar fashion to bourbon, but um, like a Blanco would be just a straight aged, un, uncharred barrel, and the Anejo would be in like more of a charred barrel, a little smokier.
0: Interesting. It's like a fucking great bottle. Yeah. What what do you know much about rums? A little bit. I've done, so I've, I've been to the Cruise on Rum
2: um, factory and on the tour there and, and things like that um because
0: i think of, like i like rum i think my like my palate is like yeah. i favor rum it's like i need to get maybe deep in the rum game maybe i'd enjoy that
2: well so in order to make alcohol you have to have sugar mm-hmm. and and the yeast feeds on the sugar and then that creates alcohol and then you boil the alcohol off so in in the united states to make bourbon you use corn corn um breaks down you you basically make beer mm-hmm. out of it and then boil it off um and that's where the sh- and the sugar comes from whereas for rum they're really just taking sugar
0: they just take sugar sugar cane sugar raw sugar Maybe that's why i like it yep it's tasty well, we found out we had that conversation the other week i was like yeah i'm going to just i'm trying not to drink beer for a month just to see how i feel like just yep. like i just drink a lot of beer with like carbonation and the calories it's like what if i just don't drink beer for a month let's see what happens and I was drinking rum, and, and these guys, it was Austin and uh, Scott, Bach, and mm-hmm. we're like, well, yeah, but rum's got a ton of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, does it, though? Like, I always hear that, but I thought white rum didn't, because that's what I'm drinking. And we looked it up, and it doesn't have any sugar in it. White rum has no sugar in it? Yeah. It
1: turns out any rum that's distilled has no sugar in it. The sugar doesn't carry over the when carbohydrates. It's di- when it's distilled, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're making pure alcohol, um then you're really just getting ethanol through yeah. the through the still. Well, so,
0: we will be Straight gas. I we thought like what'd you say it was like the old like pirate way to like transport
1: sugar. Well, that's a, yeah, r- rum was invented to transport sugar. Uh basically that's why rum was invented was to move sugar. Mm. So but I I just always assumed that rum had a ton of sugar in it. That's what I've always been told.
0: And when we looked it up, it doesn't. Wow. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe some does and some doesn't. Oh, no, that's cool. The white rum we have here, when I hit it with a Google, has no sugar. What what brand is it? It's there? just Captain Morgan. I can't remember what what oh, Captain. Kind of, Captain White Rum. Yep. So it's clear, you know. Yep. And then even the spice rum said there's no sugar in it. Hmm. Only only double Google. Yeah, let's yeah. look it up
2: just to make sure we're not... No, they're, they're, no. It's, it's being made with sugar. Mm-hmm. It's got to be made with sugar, but it's not carrying over, I guess, right?
0: Zero grams of sugar. Does rum have sugar? Yeah. Rum is a liquor made by fermenting and then distilling sugarcane molasses or sugarcane juice. The distillate... Distillate? Distillate? I can't read. Distillate. Ian, distillate. Distillate. A clear liquid is usually aged in oak barrels. Rum is produced in nearly every sugar-producing region of the world, such as Philippines, where... That's a word I can't read. It's the largest producer of rum globally. T- 10, 10, do Nutrition facts, rum, 80 proof. 64 calories. Zero grams of sugar. There's pretty much nothing in it. There's well, <laughs> that's one, like- one milligram of potassium...
2: That's because they're probably distilling it out so high that it's pure. So they're probably distilling it out at like 180, 190 proof or something like that. Yeah. And then cutting it back down.
0: It's high like in that. calories. 64 calories per one fluid ounce. Yeah, that's not, that's that's not a lot. pretty
1: low. But the calories got to be coming from somewhere. I would assume it'd be sugar. But it says zero grams.
0: Potassium... I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. That smells pretty spicy. Plus, Google's yeah. lying. Uh, I don't think it's going to change my mind.
2: It's tasty. It's more mild than this stuff. It's not as high I'll
0: try a little bit of that.
2: Yeah, pour Did me some of that gone? in a
0: solo cup if you got a spare solo, solo cup somewhere. Yeah, that's a good oh, dude, one, one to just take a little sip of.
2: Because this, this is not something, once you sip it, you're gonna realize you don't need to mix like salt and lime with something like this. This is important. See, see
0: I just it? got back from Mexico, so I do have a nice. Well, just I do have what I've been told a is a nice te- yeah. tequila here at the studio already. If, if is it, I don't know. Like a blanco, like a white. Tequila? <laughs> Let me go grab it. So my when uh, my dad was alive, he managed landfills for a living all over Illinois, and um, a lot of the guy he had a lot of guys that has, were Hispanic that worked for him and. A lot of those guys liked my dad because he put the effort in. Like my dad was taking like uh, Rosetta Stone to learn Spanish, so he could talk to his guys and he, like really lo- like like the guys that worked for him. And uh, they like appreciated it so much. They brought him tequila, huh. and they're like, "Hey, try this." And my dad gave me the bottle because he didn't drink at the time. And uh, I don't know if I've ever. I think I've drank it, but um, I don't know what it is. It's just a clear bottle. I don't know. Let me go yeah. grab it. But um, and it That's might really just cool. be like an off the shelf good whiskey. I don't know. But let me go grab it real quick.
1: I'm not even a tequila guy. That oh, was a man. pretty generous Yeah, port. that was
2: that was copious. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. Oops. And this is the moment of the <laughs> night where you text your wife and say, "Yeah." Yeah. I'm were, not going to need that ride home. We're sticking around. Remember
1: that gasoline I was talking about? Yeah, we're watching old DVDs and monster bucks tonight. It smells good. It does smell good.
0: This it
1: doesn't seem like it's fancy. That's a lot better than the Jose that I've drank. If you like whiskey, you probably like that. It's very smooth. Yeah,
0: you can. It tastes like <laughs> tequila, but it's smooth. So I don't I, know if that's good whiskey or not, God or uh, tequila. But I have no <clears> idea. But I was told that it is, and I don't know if it actually is or not. <laughs>
2: I don't know enough about tequilas yet to know if it is or isn't.
0: But the only way to know is to try it. And if you like it, that scares me. I, when i was in mexico we were doing shots of uh tequila and i they just have limes so I was salt and lime because whatever but we had there was another liquor there not it was like tequila but not it was made from another plant similar to a agave Escal? maybe but it was from the ranch it was like a big handled wine jug and it was made from the ranch we were on and we were drinking that and it, it wasn't too bad it was uh it was okay yeah it's all pretty hot. I wasn't dying for it, you know, but it was yeah. fun. Like on Devin's birthday when we were there in Mexico, we are <laughs> turning it down. What do you think? You try it? Is that a tequila?
1: <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> God damn What's, uh, what's the alcohol, alcohol in that? What's the percent? I don't even know. Uh, or 40. 40? So it's 80 more? proof. You have a solo cup? It's almost water. Um, I don't know if I have an unused one. That one's got water. That one's got water. Okay.
0: Let me, like, finish my bourbon here and then I'll dive into some of that tequila. Yeah rent your glass out now Well boys we've done a very booze heavy podcast it's a good hunting story and some booze um it's fun though fun to learn about bourbon and I'm not cutting us I'm not shutting the podcast down we can still go I We yeah. need to do the bourbon tour with a guy like you that'd be a
1: good time
2: Yeah it would be fun we could even uh maybe bundle it with some public land
1: hunting in Kentucky mm, There we go Now we're thinking when is maybe the bourbon little, tour
2: Well the beautiful thing about Kentucky is that you have the opportunity to shoot a velvet buck early season before anything opens up here over a bourbon barrel. So we could maybe <laughs> dabble in a little bit of public hunting, a little bit of bourbon tasting.
0: Eric has a connection for Kentucky anyway.
2: I got a, I got a few people we could talk to as well. Oh yeah, work down there a little bit. The yeah. bourbon hunt
0: tour. Oh, that's got a nice ring to it. Could yeah, be yeah. dangerous,
2: even like, though I wouldn't like it. But I feel like uh, I feel like we should start making t-shirts
0: now bourbon hunt tour yeah yeah. it's just a whisk someone's gonna fucking someone's gonna steal this idea and we're gonna cut this clip out and shit all over them with it and then get money from them it's gonna be someone taking a bottle of bourbon with our shit on it from this podcast episode Mm -hmm. whatever number this is it's dumping down 2023 and then dumping down into a cup it'll be a velvet buck going into the cup the velvet whitetail bourbon tour Mm.
2: sounds delicious that's a (laughs) t-shirt
0: Sounds I think uh,
2: maybe we need to branch off in Doug's oil, beard oil, and make a little bourbon-aged beard oil. A bourbon-hinted beard oil. Bourbon barrel beard oil.
1: Smell
0: like a DUI.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it's,
2: <laughs> you're
0: not
1: fooling anybody.
2: Sure, I smell alcohol in the car. No, it's just my mustache. It's my mustache. Oil. I swear,
0: it's Doug's natural, all-natural bourbon wax. By the way, how's the sales going on that? It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to well, remarket it as personal well, lubricant. Yeah. Yeah. Once, <laughs> yeah. Once trade show season rolled around, it's going to skyrocket. You think so? Yeah. You and Clint over here are just not doing good <laughs> with your products. Is that edible? No. Oh, man. It's all natural. It could be. I just don't think I do. It doubles as bowstring wax. No, that's how you're going to sell it. I don't know. If, <laughs> would it work as bowstring wax? I think it would. Fuck yeah. Why would it not? It's all natural. I don't know. I just... Don't want people putting on their bows and fucking everything. up. You want to put chemical? <laughs> no, why oh, would it not work? work? For sure it would work. It'll work. It's I'm all natural. Right. You you put all what? this I'm chemical bu-
2: on your bowstring. I'm buying a tin. Just, Just put left. it on your, Just on Just on your mustache or it your it beard. Does.
0: Dude, I'm all right, one. I want a live review. I'm going to go get something for you yeah. since we're smelling and tasty. Oh, okay. little sample. Yes. But yeah, I'm going to, we're going to sell a lot at trade shows, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it'd be a good luck omen. Tell people to rub it on their bowstring. I think
0: um, maybe you have to start putting a mustache hair in each can for good luck for the season. There you go. Dude, you know it's going to work. I so mean, I got to say this. This is the most underrated product we have on workingclassbowhunter.com. My mustache. It's a very underrated, I'm telling you. The working class for your ass forty acre vanilla soap smells delicious. Pete, I think Pete, this came off as a gimmick, like kind of fake. We've sold a lot of it. It's it's insanely good. This is legit. Like it's it's a collab with us and the Antler Shed Store. Um, Bucky's wife hand pours these. It's just a collab we're doing, but it's our own line of soap, our own flavor. Get a little sniff. Get a whiff on that. You can have that. Put mm. it on your ass. Oh, that smells. It's nice. got a loofah in it.
2: So, I, are there some fibers in here? It's loofah. I was kind of hoping it was Doug's mustache. But.
0: <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs>
2: I'll give you hair. Doesn't that smell good? It smells amazing. Yeah. It's natural.
0: 40-acre oak. I'm going to have to buy a bunch. No, Take that home. Wash your balls with it and see what your wife thinks. She'll be impressed. Does it exfoliate? Fuck yeah, it does. There's all that loofah in there. <laughs> Scrub your ass with it. Working class for your ass. There actually ass. is loofah in it. Yeah. yeah. It's like embedded it. legit in it. Yeah. It's in there. It's mm-hmm. under the label, so it's hard to see, but you can feel it in oh, there. Oh. That's high tech. It's good shit. Leah is like a Tired huge, out. huge fan of that's it. That's all, all we use. Yeah. Um, My buddy Tyler is like real big on like bar soap, and uh, he bought a couple of them. He's like, uh, just so you know, I'm only buying soap from you.
1: Yeah. No, it's legit. Like, Leah's picky on her soap, and that's all we use. Did you just become my soap dealer?
0: I'll take it. Hey, first one's free because we know you'll come back. Oh, more. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you Not get, That's how we rash, Get them get hooked. Sam- yeah, I get high on my own supply. <laughs> <laughs> that's what drug dealers say I got. I heard on a rap song once. Well, dude, uh, I thought I was going to try tequila on this one, but I don't think I'm going to make it that far. You want to try it? What about that? I think i want to. I got some on
1: ice right there. You want to try a little sample? Yeah. It's really smooth, honestly. I'm not it. a huge tequila guy, but it's pretty smooth. Ooh, Damn, that's aggressive! That, yeah, clean that out. Hear that <laughs> sound effect?
0: <laughs> Heavy bourbon. As I spill on our mixer, oh, you can do it. It's I only shouldn't. eighty proof. It's like water. I shouldn't have smelled that. Oh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> not sold. It's very light tasting compared
1: to the bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just comparing it to what I've tasted like uh, with Jose like cheap tequila. It's it's good. Yeah. guess I don't drink enough tequila if,
0: to know.
2: If you're going to take a just a raw glass and drink Patron versus sipping this and you're a bourbon guy, you're going to I go with that. that. that has yeah, a for really sure. good flavor.
0: I will say I just I I think it's good. Like it's not like ugh like that, like a lot of tequila I've had, oh, yeah. where I, you sh- you try to shake the fucking nightmares like out of your... salt. Yeah, you just try to shake the yeah. nightmares
2: out. Am I going to wake up with my pants
1: on tonight? <laughs> yeah, like, I'd be the yeah. Diet Coke guy with that. I'd take that and I'd put it in a margarita.
2: i <laughs> will oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. make an awesome margarita. Dude, <laughs> that'd be dangerous. Mark. Should I tell you like, an
1: old-fashioned with this? <laughs> with uh, tequila?
0: Why not? I don't even want to think about that. I, <laughs> I do the margarita, but dude, I don't know about an old fashioned that. People are going to hate on me. I want to make old fashions with all this bourbon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll back it off. We'll go down to the regular bullet for the old fashioned. After always,
0: drinking it straight, I'm like, oh, this would be nice in a fucking old fashioned I always buy another bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll make more. Just money. Well, dude, I think this is going to close her out, man. It's a ton of fun. I, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, have anticipated
2: how much fun this was. Yeah.
0: Really? It's a good time. Yep. Good. Well, w- hey, where can people find you if they want to find you? See pictures of this lion, your elk, your deer you kill, anything.
2: Yeah, you can look me up on Instagram and at publiclandrew. Um, we also, uh, a couple years ago, my brother-in-law, uh, best friend, passed away. He was U.S. Marshal and a Marine. Um, we have a nonprofit. It's um, at rkm4848. Where we um, we're raising money for a scholarship fund for him, and um, so you can um, donate there or um, look us up on Facebook at ourcam forty eight forty eight. Okay, and cool. We're raising money for local law enforcement in the St. Louis area and um, his his uh, scholarship fund. So
0: that's, that's very awesome. cool. Yep. That's awesome, you guys. Yep. Cool. Well, give me the links to that stuff. We'll put it yep. in the episode description. Absolutely, and, and post that up, uh, dude. Ton of fun, ton of fun. Th- thank you, thanks for coming. Absolutely, thank you for well, bringing nice. us gifts. And this is all. This was awesome, dude. It really was. Like, I don't know if we'll you've ever do done anything like this on the no, podcast. No, this is great. Thanks a lot, man. Yep,
2: yep. I, I, um, I had a absolute blast. So.
0: Well, we did too. Anytime. Eric missed out. I, Eric I think, missed out big time. I think I'm going to continue to drink bourbon tonight, even after this podcast. <laughs> oh now let's I go like to the it. bar and jam some tunes and enjoy ourselves. Let's do it. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Oh, bitches. <laughs> Austin, Doug, you got anything? Uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for the the bourbon. It
1: was thanks great, guys. That's a great time, man. Thanks for all the
0: support through the years, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Thank you so much for that, and the, the past gifts of bourbon, and just yeah, online support and all that. It's been awesome. I love everything that you guys
2: do. I mean, the progression, watching you guys from the beginning till now, it's it's impressive, and the the distance you guys have made it so far. I can't imagine how much farther you're going to go. So well, thank it's you so great much for the industry and
0: your compliments when you first walked in the studio are much greater than Scott Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you do worse, but they're well, great. I'm surprised you guys were able
2: to put something together like this.
0: <laughs> I thought you guys would have dirtier carpet. <laughs> Man, this, this is, is way actually... nicer than
2: the trailer I expected. <laughs> this is actually really nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: wow, you guys aren't pieces of shit. It Doesn't
2: <laughs> smell like I thought it was going to smell.
0: It's <laughs> pretty much what Scott did. I mean. <laughs> But he meant well by it.
1: Yeah, th- it was a compliment. So but it was a backhanded compl- compliment. Yeah, backhanded compliment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm right here. Thanks, you just Steve. said all that out loud. Did yeah. you mean to?
2: <laughs> well, when you look at his when you look at his sites and you look at his stuff, you realize that that guy has some serious standards. He does. And and you know, you just gotta. Hey, that's the kind of guy you want to be affiliated with. I, I think we
0: lived up to his standards. Oh yeah. After really that, did. all he was like. I'm proud of you guys. So I'm like, wow, okay, there it is. There it is. There's the other half of that (laughs) dirty fucking backhanded compliment you just gave us. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Awesome, man. Uh, Well, thank you for everything. Check them out. Hope you guys enjoyed this story. Um, That's it. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. Taste some bourbon. We love you. Peace. (laughs)